0: What's up, and welcome back to another kind of funny in-review rewatch. This time, we are doing Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Of course, I'm Tim Gettys, and I'm joined by Pixel Circus's own Sage Ryan.
1: Oh, hello. My this... greatest nightmare is exactly the line, make 10 men feel like 100.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a feeling that that was going to resonate with you in a particularly icky way. Uh, We also have the saddest boy that I know personally, Barrett Courtney.
2: What is she proposing? (laughs) Let the girl speak.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And rounded out our group today for what is sure to be an all-timer, the one and only Anthony Carboni.
3: What's up, everybody? You know, the strongest stars have hearts made of Kyber.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel
3: like this crew is the strongest crew to review this film. It is. I know it is. I know we're all going to have a great time reviewing this film, Rogue One, everyone's favorite Star Wars story here on this panel.
0: <laughs> I cannot believe that after all of these years, everybody, here I am, just... Young innocent Tim Geddes, okay? I'm out here on these streets just trying to get by, just trying to do my thing. I have to do a full in-review series with a bunch of buffoons, you know? Sometimes they get it right, sometimes they get it wrong, but it was all it was just a it was a disaster. And here I am, the lone wolf, still doing this damn stuff. Everyone else was like, I'm done with Star Wars. Eh, eh, eh. They're all fucking gone. I get a new crew. I get this beautiful team here. I assembled it over the course of two hours, just like this movie does. And we mm-hmm. have this beautiful squad together, right? And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this movie that I enjoy so much. And then the, the cracks start to show. And then I start realizing, oh, wait, Barrett Courtney is not alone. And I'm about to have to do a rewatch and talk about this movie with hey, people M. that don't like it. Hey, I M. enjoy the hey, film.
1: Who, who at this table dislikes 9 out of 10 Star Wars we watch? Who might it be? That's what might I'm saying. You, might it be what I'm you, Tim? Might be you, Tim? Maybe. That's what I'm saying. Maybe you're so, the crazy so, one here, Tim. It's so, so, maybe, so hard to be just maybe, a little Tim. Maybe taste how it feels. Maybe taste how it feels.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy this film, Tim good i, am and I can't
0: you. wait to talk to you about this carbon i can't wait to talk about everybody that's the whole fun of this show in review where we rank review and recap different movie franchises of course sometimes we do rewatches of those uh when it makes sense and right now it makes sense because star wars and or is coming out each and every week and we this beautiful crew right here is going to be reacting to those and giving our thoughts over on the kind of funny screencast but this is in review where we rank review and recap different movie franchises every week on youtube.com slash kind of funny or rooster .com you can get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review and we'll be right there for you if you wanted to get the show ad free and watch live as we record it you got to go to patreon.com kind of funny just like our patreon producers molecule and Fargo Brady have done today we're brought to you by chime and NZxt gaming monitors but I'll tell you about that later let's get into it rogue one. A Star Wars story released on December sixteenth, twenty sixteen, 2016, with a runtime of two hours and fourteen minutes. It was directed by Gareth Edwards, uh, who previously directed the Godzilla movie in twenty fourteen. We was, like to say that he directed Monster. And he directed Monster. As we like well, to say which that he directed monster, monster, monster. Led to Godzilla. Here we are. Uh, music by the Goat, Michael Giacchino, Who we will. Is be there a movie to. he has not uh, done That's music what I'm for? What I am saying. He's just too good. He's too powerful. You go to Disneyland, and it's just Michael Giacchino music everywhere, whether it's Pixar, Star Wars, or Marvel.
3: The IRS says that if your movie costs over a certain amount of money, it's compulsory that you have Michael Giacchino do your score Yeah. uh, Yeah. if you want to get the tax breaks
0: associated with making a film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it makes sense. And then uh, over time, they give you your own project. Next Mm -hmm. week for In Review, we're going to be doing Werewolf by Night. I couldn't be more excited. That's Michael Giacchino's (sighs) directorial debut. I'm so excited. So let's go. Very cool. Uh, um this one had a budget of 265 million and a box office of a cool 1.085 billion dollars. Did fine. Wow. It did fine. It did fine. Um let's start with one Sage Ryan. What did you think of Star Wars Rogue One?
1: Okay. So I had not seen Rogue One since it came out. I watched it the first time and I said that's quite enough. Um and it was perfectly fine. I don't hate the movie. I just enjoy almost all other Star Wars more. So I've, there's so much Star Wars for me to watch. If I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch a Star Wars, I'm going to watch one of the ones that, like, does the thing to my heart that Star Wars is supposed to do that Rogue One has just never done for me. Upon this rewatch, I will admit I liked it better than the first time. I had a more enjoyable experience, and maybe that's because there's so much more Star Wars media that it's not about this like one-to-one direct comparison anymore that I think Rogue One had for me as it was coming up with these new sequels, and we had these other cast of leading characters that were coming forward, um, and a lot of people were also hating that new cast of characters. They were hating Rey, and they were hating all of these things. They were hating Kylo as a villain, and I love those characters so much that I think the comparison also might have killed it because I was so like attached to defending this new generation of characters that people would not get on board for in the beginning. So it was a choose at the time. And now that I don't feel like I have to choose, I think the f- <laughs> film is fine.
0: There we go. <laughs> Carboni, what about you? Uh,
3: I enjoy this movie. I enjoyed it when it came out. I enjoy it now. Uh, I think it did a lot of things for changing things tonally for star Wars and getting us to the point that we're at now where we can be a little bit more flexible with what star Wars is. Uh, I love the idea of doing a classic, a classic war movie in the star Wars universe. You know, we had talked about how we had never seen really a lot of boots on the ground before this. And so it was nice to see sort of that and the scrappy rebellion coming together. And all of this stuff was, was very nice to see. Uh, and upon rewatching it, I really did. I, I, I liked it just. I liked it just as much as I did beforehand, uh, but it did make me think. Like, it's interesting that the first series we're getting about a character from this show is Cassian, because I love so many of the characters from this from this film, and all I was really thinking the whole way through is like. I hope some of these other characters get the same treatment that Cassian's getting, because there are so many cool characters that we did not get to dive deep into
2: in this film. Uh, but I loved it. Barrett Courtney. We've talked about it time and time again. Cause I was, I was partially a part of the original star Wars Rogue one, uh, uh, in review when we did it, uh, back in the, uh, 2019 studio, Tim, if you remember way Mm -hmm. back when, um, so I've talked about this before, but I had the unfortunate uh, timing where, at the time, I would go home uh, around the holidays to go hang out with family, and a lot of my family's into a good old Star War, right? And just... How it kind of happened to turn out where, you know, I had different groups of people who wanted to go see the new Star War with me, uh, in particular Star War Rogue One. And I saw Rogue One three times in one week. And because of that, I uh, overanalyzed the absolute shit out of it. And even on first watch, fell asleep uh, uh, asleep in that uh, second act. And I fell asleep in that second act. Every single time I saw that in theaters. Um, so, yeah, I overanalyzed this a lot. I've thought about this a lot. Uh, we talked about it in our uh, Andor uh, kind of watch, I think, on the, the first episode, covering the first three episodes, that Andor is less plot and more character. And I think when you have something like Rogue One, that's what I want. And Rogue One, unfortunately, as a movie, is more plot and less character. But the kind of the point of Rogue One is to get you into these characters that are boots on the ground. Like, I, I won't deny what Carboni's is bringing up of like the kind of opening the floodgates of bringing in more of this uh, darker tone for Star Wars, opening up to getting series like Andor. And uh, yeah, I think rewatching it, it cemented for me that. What I've been saying for years, story-wise, I think everything this movie screams at me is that it should have been a series. I do understand that at the time they didn't have a Disney Plus. They didn't like uh, – other than, you know, Disney XD, uh, which is where they are putting up Star Wars Rebels. Like they didn't have really a platform to do that. Um, I, I like the premise of this movie a lot. I, I think it's a disservice to it that we got – it's a two-hour movie, and I think because of that, a lot of character arcs are wrapped up in the first hour, which is insane to me because it's a it's a team. The like rewatching it, you're like, oh, Rizamend is barely a character in this movie. <laughs> like, oh, right, like, but he's part of the team. But uh, okay, um, and so they they try to like bring up these really cool uh, character arcs. But then they have to wrap them up within an hour because the last hour of the movie is the third act uh, on Scarif and stuff. So um, mm. it frustrates me. I've said it a lot before. Star Wars Rogue One is the Halo Reach of the Star Wars universe. Halo Reach had the advantage of being a nine-hour game where you kind of know and understand that all of these characters that you're either playing as or uh, playing along with are going to die because of you know the implications of Halo One. But you get enough time to fall in love with those characters and learn about them that you kind of forget about that. And then the first death on that team is not even the final mission where you, like, uh, where everybody is, like, uh, uh, you know, doing their final stand on Reach. It comes out of nowhere, and it's this shock where you're, like, kind of pulled out Mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, yeah, everybody's got to die. When you do that in a two-hour movie, that's always on your mind. So you don't get time to really, like, forget about that and just have a moment with falling in love with these characters in two hours, you're always think- just thinking like, "All right, well they're they're dying in an hour and a half. Cool." So that's uh, we'll get into it more specifics, but those are still my general thoughts on this movie.
1: I want you to know that I fell asleep at the same point last night. No. <laughs> It's, Tim, what about it's, it's such a short second act, too, and
0: I don't know how they make me fall asleep in it every time, Tim. I fell Tim. asleep
1: at the same point last night.
0: Tim. I have um, never yes, fallen Tim, asleep during a single moment <laughs> of this movie. I love this movie. I do not think it's perfect. I do not think it's the best Star Wars, but I think that it does some of Star Wars better than any other Star Wars has ever done. I think that it is more plot-heavy than character-heavy, um, and I do think that's a disservice to this movie in particular because of the way that they've set up the characters, and I think that the... More more egregious flaw of this film isn't so much i wish we had more time with these characters i wish they did different things with the time they were given there are certain scenes in this movie that i'd like that like the whole memory monster situation well, it. it's bad it's really bad no. and, and like it's funny and it's going to be fun to talk about but it's like it the setup to get there was just not worth the end result, which meant that we got less time with these characters. And I think that to Barrett's point, Rizamed's character is barely a character. And that was kind of the thing he did the most It <laughs> was be involved with that scene. Uh, which I thought was a, a gallet a big...
3: slander in my house.
0: I can't you're <laughs> gonna get a little of it. You're gonna get a little of it yeah, because you're also gonna bit... get a lot of praise for like I love the the space fight in this, I think is up there with the best of them that we've ever had. I love how. Long it is i love how involved it is with the multi kind of sections of like the different strategies of crashing it into the shield like breaking it all down so that the people on the ground floor could do things I love it. I thought it was expertly done and it's just as unfortunate because the way that the film ends and like the character choices and like the big epic sacrifices in the moment where like one by one, the entire team dying, I think is done immaculately. I think it's so well, well done. It is exciting. It is emotional, but I, I the moment you start thinking about it, it's like, well, why do I care about these characters? And they don't really give you many good reasons too, but I think at the end of it, they do a good job of making me care in the moment that it matters most. So it is mm. this weird thing where it's like, yes, if this was a series that allowed us to kind of get deeper into these characters and care more about all of them and made some wiser choices, the end would feel even better. But I think that that stuff doesn't, take down the overall experience to me of what Rogue One is, uh, which I think is a excellent look at how do we handle something people have thought about from Star Wars for a long time. Um, And granted, this is even a different time we're talking about. This is the second Disney film that we got from Star Wars and at that at this point in time we had only had pure goodness with the revival of star wars it was like people are stoked that rogue one's coming back people are stoked about everything it's like we didn't get last jedi yet right like the world was not split in two and everyone's kind of like all right we like star wars that's kind of the assumption and Mm -hmm. for this to come out i think that they did a good job of uh balancing and people might disagree with me about this they will but i like how much fan service there's in this how much easter egg stuff giving us the vader hallway scene like it's an all-time fucking great and i know people can look at me like eh, i would rather people just talk all the time and not have action stuff it's like cool i like that too but i also like darth vader with the fucking <laughs> lightsaber. i, 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 like, action. I, I like action i like action but that? not but not
2: <laughs> when it said that to you oh <laughs> dude so I, I like action yeah. But I like action that doesn't belittle the rest of the actual cast of this movie that this movie is about. Uh, the last thing I want to say that I have in my notes here at the, the very top alongside my Andor note is the, the story of this movie had the potential to be mm. as deep and, and beautiful as its visuals uh, are. But it is so frustratingly surface level.
0: Because uh,
2: Visually, I think this is still top notch. There's so many shots in here that we're going to talk about. It's just like, holy shit, that's insane. That's so cool. And I don't think they've really done uh,
0: against since. Yeah. So there you go. Those are our thoughts. We're about to get into the plot. We're about to do it all. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsors shout out to nzxt canvas gaming monitors we are huge fans of nzxt here kind of funny and i gotta say these monitors they're andy cortez approved kevin coelho approved and tim gettys approved because of their sweet 1440p resolution with 165 hertz refresh rate and one millisecond response hits that sweet spot for gamers due to the balance of picture and performance they're available in 27 inch and 32 inch curved displays variable refresh rate support for all of the major your GPUs. They provide an excellent gaming experience for any game genre. You can get the monitor just alone. You can get it with a stand or you can get it with some pretty cool mounts. There's built-in software support with NZXT Cam that lets you control all your monitor settings directly on your PC. No need to mess with the clunky hardware menus to lock in your desired settings. They thought of it all. It's sold exclusively on NZXT.com. You can learn more about the NZXT Canvas gaming monitors at NZXT.co slash kind of fun That's nzxt.co slash Kinda Funny. Shout out to Chime for sponsoring this episode. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking up on your credit score? I don't know think so. At Chime, that's exactly what they do. With their secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start to build credit with your own money. All of this with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. You can start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. You can get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank and a pursuant to a license from Visa, US USA Chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Regular on time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary and some user scores may not improve. Out of network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7 Eleven or any All Point or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Get your credit journey started with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes, doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chimecom KF Games. And now that we're back, Carboni, it is on you to hit us with the plot of Rogue the One. Plot the story,
3: the story given to us by Gundog's own mm-hmm. Gary Whitta, mm-hmm. and of the course GO- John John Knoll, creator of Photoshop, <laughs> and then screenplay by uh, Tony Gilroy, who is now show running on Andor, and Chris Weitz. Uh, we open on a long, long time ago, but hey. We ain't this got no different. crawl. Mm-mm. This is where this movie starts. Thinking, what what does a Star Wars movie look like if it's not part of the main Skywalker saga? And I think some of the style guide stuff that's been changed here is very interesting. And I remember watching and seeing no crawl in the beginning of this movie and thinking it was so weird, but also so dope. And like immediately getting like location like cards for planets like it just just the way it was just changing the star wars style guide was really great by the way gary witta says not only did he write a crawl for this film he wrote two crawls for this film uh before they decided oh. that these movies would be crawlless. isn't
0: that I interesting love- I, it really is. And I love that. Not only was it crawless, it starts off with that alarming ass, like just sound like the, <laughs> the rising strings I'm <laughs> and you're in space. It's so I was like, motherfuckers, we're different. But I also love that they had the balls to 20 minutes later, actually do a like the Rogue One, like title splash with like the heroic Star Wars music. Yes. And I was like, y'all got to do both. You had your cake and ate it too. Good for you, Rogue One.
3: Um, so we start as uh, all good Star Wars start on Iceland. And we've got Jin, uh running from uh, f- running from a ship that she sees. We see her parents calling Saw Gerrera, uh, who will, of course, come back later and was introduced in the Clone Wars. Um, and we see that her family is in hiding. Uh, her father Galen says, hey, just remember, whatever I do, I do it to protect you. Tell me you understand. And she says, I understand. Uh, he lies. He lies. She
1: lies.
3: (laughs) She lies. Yeah. He says,
1: I understand. She does not.
3: She does not understand. The whole movie is about her not understanding. Um, (laughs) uh, He says, I love you, Stardust. And we see Krennick and the Death Troopers. I love Death Troopers. Death Troopers oh, yeah. are dope, but die. even
2: before they get on the planet, the shot, it's a very Star Trekky y shot, uh, specifically like the new Star Trek movies, where you see their ship coming through the kind of like uh, asteroid ring. That, or, mm. uh, that shot alone, I immediately put it on my notes of like the cinematography in here is just some of the best and just what it they is. pull off here. But also the Death Troopers are sick as hell.
3: Yeah, uh, cinematography, of course, by Greg Fraser, um, who is absolutely amazing. And they used a lot of new technology on this movie. Uh, this was the first movie where uh, this was pre-volume. Obviously, they don't have any of the LED stuff that we have now. But what they did use for Gareth and uh, and Greg was uh, iPads in a room that had AR positioning, and they would set up ships and planets, and they would move this iPad through and tell the animators, okay, we want to move this here. We want this shot to come in like this. And so they would previs everything, which becomes much more important when we get into these battle scenes. But you can really see how that changed the way just, Starships appear in this movie and the way camera camera angles work in space. It's it's really amazing. Uh, I love Krennic and I love the death troopers. I like that the death troopers are human, but they whenever they speak, it's like this squelch. You can't understand. It's very frightening. Uh, And I like Krennic because he's an asshole. Krennic oh,
2: rules so, yes. so hard. Just ben Mendelssohn, such a good antagonist. And I have a follow up <sighs> note later about Ben Mendelssohn that'll tie back to this. But right now, he is such a good antagonist. <laughs> <Stay> tuned, <y'all. laughs> it's so, like, just his, he's got that sassy chef's kiss. I'm a sassy bitch and I'm yeah. in charge here. And like, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Your wife died. Oh, look, she's back from the dead. What a surprise. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I love, love that. It.
3: Bit. It's like, oh. That. It's lonely, I imagine. Oh, I just oh, it's so good that whole bit. Um, and of course, uh, Lyra and Galen do not want to go back. Uh, Galen, you know, he says you'll all live in comfort. Lyra says as hostages, and he says as heroes of the Empire, you're going to live a great life.
1: Really uh, Jin's
3: watching from the from the high grass mm-hmm. as all of this is going down, and uh, Galen, Galen. I'm not going to say that Galen isn't a brave guy, but I'm going to say that Lyra is definitely the braver one of the two. And we see this throughout Galen's entire life, where Lyra just refuses to back down. She
2: refuses to lower the blaster. About, or, about Lyra... Is it a wig? I don't know. <laughs> Wiggin' out without Scarpino. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the second episode of Wiggin' out without Scarpino uh, here on Star Wars content. My name is Barrett Courtney. I'm joined by Tim Geddes, Sage Ryan, and Anthony Carboni. Is, that's a wig. That's like a really bad wig, right, for Lyra? Uh,
3: do we think Feline Kane was wearing a wig there, Sage?
1: I don't know why, but yes.
0: I mean, looking at these pictures, I, I'm going to guarantee it. This is a wig. Why is like, a
1: wig? But I also don't understand, because here's the thing. They Star didn't figure Wars out Harry the
0: technology yet, like they did in Android, right. you know?
1: But, like, Star Wars, Harry's a thing, right? Especially for femme presenting people in Star Wars, the styles and the designs and the expectations of the galaxy and the culture that they set in place, it communicates something when you see people's hair in Star Wars and something right. that they use to tell stories on the women in particular. You think of Amadala, right? You think of the classic Leia buns and how iconic these things are. Uh, she is giving the shining for no apparent reason.
3: Yes. She does have the shining hair.
1: It's specifically she, the shining she, hair.
3: She does have the Shelley Duvall hair. And <laughs> I'm wondering, like, I'm wondering, like, in the movie, I wasn't paying as much attention to it, and mm. I thought, yeah, maybe it's just, like, maybe it's just dirty hair. Maybe they just wanted her to have dirty, greasy hair. But now that I'm looking at it, particularly, like, even in her, uh, even in her production stills, it do look like a wig, which is interesting because... That's not hair you need a wig for. She no. doesn't have multiple looks in the film. Right. She doesn't reappear with <laughs> different hair. She shows up to die. <laughs> and she just has kind of like long dark hair.
1: I don't get it. And I don't know. I mean, there's always the possibility that she was shooting something else and she needed to be blonde at the same time. So that's why they did it. Um, but also, <laughs> it shouldn't be
3: If you're shooting hard. something else at the same Star time, Wars. you're shooting and Star, Star Wars. Wars. Isn't taking
1: the priority. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Disney says, we don't care what else you're shooting. Cut your hair.
1: That's the thing. It's like the, the bangs are supposed to be wispy because they're like greasy. I get it. They're a dirty little family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But like, it looks like there's a total of four hairs on the bangs, which looks like a cheap Amazon wig.
3: Well, and it's weird because Galen,
2: Galen is wearing a wig.
1: It looks great.
2: And Galen's wig looks pretty good. And honestly, it makes him look like I'm gonna say like five times hotter. He looks he looks great with that hair.
1: He does look Anyway, great with
2: hair. she dies. I she am gets shot.
1: Yeah, she hella dies. She gets
3: shot and she dies.
2: Um <laughs> so, super, uh, dead.
3: super dead. Uh Krennic's line here: They have a child. Find it, not find her. Mm-hmm. He knows this kid. He's worked with Galen for years. We see a flashback.
0: You're right. Yeah. Orson Dude, Krennic asshole. is ugh, ugh. Uh, but
3: Jin does not get caught because she knows where to go. Her mother, t- her mother was like, "Do you remember where to go?" Remember and the, the answer is, hole? you go into the dirty little hole from Lost until dirty family. Dirty little family goes into a dirty little hole until Saw Gerrera opens up the hole and goes, let's go. We got a long ride ahead of us, kid. Star Wars. Rogue One. Okay. I've got a lot of
1: opinions. (laughs) I think this scene shouldn't have happened. This whole intro sequence. I think this Whoa. whole intro sequence shouldn't have happened. Although I think it's an enjoyable scene to watch, I think it benefits the movie zero. I think, it, A, first of all, it's a Star Wars pattern that we recognize, right? You have to acknowledge why the main character is the most special boy in the galaxy and why they got orphaned. That's the Star Wars pattern. They have to be an orphan, and they do have to be, unfortunately, the most special boy in the galaxy. And at this time, that's Jyn So But think about it this. We open instead... On gin or so in a prison cell. We know we're doing a Suicide Squad assembly at some point, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But we don't know the actual motivations of her father as she is sitting here like, I don't know, man. I haven't seen him in 15 years. I don't know what to tell you, okay? I assume he's dead and all of these things. If I could have had the smallest question within my heart about his motivations on this, I would have been so much more invested at the point when I fell asleep.
3: So do you <laughs> yeah. think? do you think that this scene then comes later because i do think we do need to see it we need to see the tenderness i think between galen mm-hmm. and Jin at some point we need to see the the strained relationship i think between krennic and galen and we mm-hmm. and we should see i mean we don't necessarily need to see see the death of of Jin's mom but we do need mm-hmm. to know what happened
2: that day?
1: And I agree. I would love to just see it later. And again, I think it's a really and enjoyable I think you scene to watch.
2: You, I think you could have put it in and have it be more striking. The the time where uh, Jin finally gets to see the message from Galen, I think, mm-hmm. and that unlocks like, oh my god! I, I like that brings her back to that the last time she saw her dad.
1: Exactly. You see his face, and then it goes to his face younger, standing in front of Krennic. I think that would—obviously, look, I'm not making a Star Wars movie, okay? There's a reason I'm not making a Star Wars movie. There are people that are much more qualified to do it, but— I think it's a very enjoyable scene to watch, but I think it harms the overall story because now we know everything. Right. There's no questions to Rogue One. We know they're gonna die. We mm-hmm. know what they're, that they're going to accomplish. It. We know that they're gonna get the plans and it's gonna go to the rebellion and the Death Star is gonna be able to be blown up. We know mm-hmm. that Jin's father is a good guy that is working in favor of the rebellion. What's what what am I watching for? And, and you also know what ahead? else
2: this sets up that uh, we're gonna get like an in-depth look at her relationship with Saw Gerrera.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: and we don't. We don't. We We skip all of that, and then it's just told to us, and like again, that's why I think this would have been a a better series, where you get to actually see a little bit of that before we go on to this adventure or get flashbacks of it. The fact that we're set up this relationship, and then Mm -hmm. you see none of it until one scene, and then he dies, and you're told about the relationship a little bit. It's it's weird storytelling uh, to me, and then also the other note I have for this moment. The theme music for yeah. Star Wars Rogue One a Star Wars story where it's supposed to sponsored be sponsored by Star Wars star, sponsored by <laughs> Star Wars TM mm-hmm. um is so antithetical to the theme of this movie I uh, like it's so hopeful and boastful and it's like yeah I get that the movie ends with you know what did they deliver us hope but like i right? I don't know about
3: that i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you there because i i think the michael giacchino's main uh the main theme that goes throughout this is the inversion of the John williams standard star wars fanfare which i think is very triumphant mm. but he turns it. By flipping it to those minor notes at the end, I think the Rogue One score has a much
2: darker kind of like, ooh, we don't know. I what's think the happening, overall score. On. I'm talking like the theme that plays when Rogue One pops mm-hmm. up, and it is it does have a little bit of that triumphant thing where I, I it, it ends a little softer, uh, softly, where you're like, mm, yeah. maybe not. It's but like it, it, this it is a Star Wars. Uh oh, it <laughs> like, that's feels what I like weird it. again with it. with the context of like this for opening scene and um, stuff like that. It feels out of place in this moment.
3: That I don't know if I agree with you on, but uh, I respect your opinion, and it is a, it's a free country. Um, <laughs> and we'll get, to, we'll get to what I think about that saw and gin scene when we get to it. but uh, uh, So now we do have Jin in jail. Uh, Jin is in jail with a, uh, with a bluetopian, in case anybody was wondering. Mm-hmm. The bluetopian's name is Ulin Musters. Uh, there is a name for this character, just because there is a name for every character. Uh, the nickname for this character is actually Kennel, because there are so many parasites living on this disgusting uh, prisoner that Jin or so has to live with. Uh, so that's fun. That's a fun thing to know, and now you know it. Um, then we, uh, you know, as we're kind of seeing where Jin is, we also get our first appearance of Cassian. Uh, He's got Tivik here, who is a, a nervous informant who has hurt his arm somehow mm. um, and is very worried and is worried that the whole rebellion is going to go down because the uh, because the Empire's got this weapon and Cassian's like, hey, be cool, my baby, be cool. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> all good, dude. It's all good. Blam, blam. Yeah. Cassian Andor style. Um, a very I a, love this a, a strong as intro. intro.
0: Yeah.
2: I think so. Like it really gives you like the the hint of what he's willing to do to kind of make sure that the the rebels are secure. Um, I think the idea of I, I love the moment where he yells, um, "It's a planet killer." I think that's mm-hmm. like a well acted moment. I think the idea of a planet killer, but because this movie's got to move so fast, it, we're we're constantly moving on to the next thing. I think the idea of a planet killer is introduced way too early in to the story. No, but this thing this should it's move too fast. We're, too, we're I, ten I, minutes I, I, in. Well, if it's a a movie about the characters and we want to sit with these characters and learn about these characters before they inevitably go off onto their death, I I disagree, but... I don't know,
3: because the whole thing, because we then go into a whole thing where it's like they've got a planet killer and everybody's like, that's ridiculous. This is freaking, this is propaganda. They don't have a planet killer. Where is this information coming from? This is an impossible weapon. So I think introducing it this early is a way to show that the rebellion doesn't, isn't sure of themselves, doesn't have the informational network that we think they have, is still in fighting amongst each other, still doesn't know what the empire is about and what they can do. So I think, I think this is okay. I, I promise I'm not gonna argue with y'all on every single thing you bring up. This but spot like <laughs>
1: here gives me something that I want from Andor and has the mm-hmm. opportunity to repair something for me that bothers me about Rogue One, um, which is every time that we see the rebellion, it's dire circumstances. And you can't really compare them because it's always the whole galaxy is going to be destroyed, right? From mm-hmm. like that that's it. It's the war, right? So it's not like this is particularly a more dire time than it is in A New Hope, right, Um, for the Rebellion. I want answers as to why the uh, Alliance and the Rebellion, or at least this little portion of the Alliance, uh, was so much more brutal in action than they are any other time we meet collections of the Rebellion. And they're just telling us it is. You know what I mean? Like, this movie is like, hey— these guys ain't playing around. They will straight up kill somebody and not give a shit. Um but I want to know why it's mm-hmm. always been that dire and I think it's justifiable to say that that has always been worthwhile, but we don't see that anywhere else.
3: Yeah. Well, I think that's a big I think that's a big thing that this movie wanted to bring in is we have always seen this from we've always seen it up until Rogue One from the point of view of the big deal heroes, right? We've seen it from the points of view of the space wizards and the generals and the princesses and all of this stuff where it's like very top level. And we hear things like, hey, they risked their lives to bring us these plans. And it's like, well, who did? And what did they do? Because by the time we get to the people that are going to be like going up against Death Star, it's baby space wizard and his special buddies. And so I think what I like about this is like, hey, just so you know, in order to get this information, you know, and that's one of the things that I like uh, about Uh, About the Last Jedi as well, you know the Canto bite bits that people really don't like. I enjoy because it's some because you get a lot of conversation of like, hey, who do you think makes money on every single X-wing built? Who do you think wants this war to continue endlessly? Um, And so I like that the new movies bring this in a little bit. But but you are right in that because we've only seen it from the points of view of these main films and a lot of for a lot of people just cartoons or comics or things like that. It's like. Yo, when did things get this gritty? When did things get this grim? Um, and I think part of I think part of it is that, that they're trying to explain is like they don't know. They also don't know what they're doing yet, and it's a bunch of like insurgent cells that don't get along that have no mission statement yet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, even, even the fact that Saw Gerrera is here, they're like, yeah, we used to work with Saw Gerrera. Uh, Saw Gerrera, Gerrera got a there. little weird. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's
2: like, maybe Saw Gerrera was trained by Anakin Skywalker, and that's why he got a little weird, you know?
3: Yeah, but it's this whole thing of like, you see these people arguing where it's like, yo, we don't want to do too much fighting because this isn't a full-on war yet. And then you've got Saw Gerrera that's like, I'm going to blow up everybody, and yeah. I'm going to murder everyone because that's how you get this done.
0: And to Sage's point, uh, I do think Andor already is even kind of dealing with this. Like there Mm -hmm. was uh, those lines talking about like the different um, kind of sections that there are of the rebellion. And then him being like, aren't they all the same? It's like, I do like that they are, they're getting into it. But yeah, like so far, Rogue One, I think was a very distinct and different take on it all. And Mm -hmm. I, I vibe with it. I like it a lot. I like that we're getting more of it.
3: Yeah, I think I think it's interesting because this is one of the things that I think people love about it so much is that it did bring the darker into Rogue into Star Wars, which like I wasn't I wasn't necessarily waiting for. I wasn't one of those people that were, that were like Star Wars movies need to be serious and need to be darker. Um, so I understand like there's some tonal whiplash here if you've been watching Star Wars all your life and now it's like all of a sudden it's like we murder people in an alley you know like i totally i totally get where people are coming from on that um speed well uh what we're going right now is to jetta
2: <sighs> which is
3: ooh, oh
2: i that jetta theme fucking goes hard every time i listen to yeah. it that tw- like the like you you feel the kind of vibration on whatever string is being pulled at there it's so good it's so cool all of Jeddah goes hard. The look of Jeddah goes
3: oh hard. Oh my
1: God, the look of Jeddah. I don't know how I feel about that mountain, point? though. The, oh,
0: I uh, love the it. Big, the We're... Jedi Mountain. Oh my not God. It's a me. fallen
1: statue. Yeah.
0: Miss me with that. Don't like it. You, you don't, don't like, like
1: it? All in <laughs> Jedi statues? That's so like cool. This this is... Is... Wait, wait, wait. No, no, hold on. Wait, Tim, what do you not like about it?
0: Uh, to me, I was, I'll was i take the blue milk, zoom in any day of the week. That little too on the nose for me. Don't like it. It's a, it's, a,
1: it's, a, it's a giant statue. It's not like, oh, accidentally the rocks formed into the shape of a Jedi. <laughs> it's we built statues here because this was the Jedi temple, and it's fallen.
3: You don't like it? <laughs> don't like it. You don't mm-hmm. like it? No.
1: Steve, <laughs> to me,
3: when you talk about Jeddah and you talk about, like, this is where they're mining... This is where they're, like, trying to get all this kyber from and, and right. in and out of this planet. And uh, it just makes sense that this, like, this holy—they call it the holy city, right? And mm-hmm. it makes sense to me that, like, this would have been some central, like, ancient Jedi, like— And so, of course, there's, like, a giant statue of some Jedi whose name we don't know anymore. And I I don't know. I like, I like it. It's got that Ozymandias, you know, look on my works, ye mighty and despair yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, I wrote um,
1: down my three favorite things from this movie, and that's one of
0: them. <laughs> I love it. I love
2: it, Sage. I also
3: I
0: wrote down my 18 least favorite, and it's one of them.
2: Uh, a quick thing, just another design thing. I love the design of Saw as like, second-in-command, that, like, weird little that, – that weird guy with the oh, kind of, yeah. like, half-mask face and stuff two like that. Two tubes. He's, he's always – Two tubes. They're brothers. The, well, They're twin brothers. Oh, really?
3: Okay. They're egg mates, is what they call it. That's yeah. weird. Okay, like, but
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it, That's- and I also wrote my uh, notes here. Hey,
1: kids, it's Rizamed. It's <laughs> Rizamed, and he's, he's there. Also the maybe creepiest character in Star Wars. Like the way that they designed this character of mm. like oh, Saw yeah, guy. guy, like he's yeah, I mean, aesthetically so different yeah. from mm-hmm. the rest of like Star Wars aliens. Um, they, they're it communicating brings, something it, big it, with it, the look of that just because it's like rougher around the edges and like the mm. metal pieces look grosser.
2: Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of like the first time you see the bounty hunters in empire when Vader calls in and you're like, Whoa, like this is, this is a different tone from what we've seen so far, uh, which is uh, cool. a
3: fun fact about two tubes is after the fall of Jetta, one of them gets out and becomes one of the cloud riders that works with Enfys nest. Oh, interesting. so that's fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, or starts with Emphas Nest and then goes to Jetta. I'm trying to remember my timelines. Because <laughs> wouldn't uh, Solo
0: be before this?
3: Yes. 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 So started as a Cloud Rider, then goes to work for Saga. Um. So yeah, Bodie Rook is like, hey, no, we're on the same side. I, I, pro- I promise you, like, I'm here. Don't let the uniform fool you. And then they're like, yeah, throw a mask on him. Let's get him out of here. Uh, meanwhile, Jin's on her way to the labor camp. She's going by the uh, by the alias Leanna Hollick, um, and she gets liberated and does not enjoy that. Uh, and immediately takes out her liberators, tries to run away, and gets choke slammed by K2SO in one of my favorite. Droid introductions in the history of Star Wars K2SO Congratulations best, you are being
2: liberated. Best
3: of not character
2: resist. in this movie. K2SO.
3: K-2?
1: I agree. Yeah, no. I will also say, because this is the meeting of K2SO, I the number one thing that I remembered enjoying about this movie was K2SO.
4: Mm-hmm. That was uh-huh. like always
1: the thing where I was like, yeah, but K2SO is great. The this the hallway scene with Vader is great. They're the things that like ping and you remember. K2SO is Less original than I remember. His hmm. personality is excellent. I wish they would have given him a little less 3PO. He
3: is a, he is very 3PO in ways. Yeah, yeah. Like, It
1: overlaps a little too much. It's almost like the, the like,
2: cadence of it, uh, of like the, the delivery of the lines and stuff. Where I, I definitely see that. But I also wrote down in my notes, Alan Tudyk is the GOAT. The so same
1: true. Time. 100%. Absolutely correct. Alan Tudyk is yeah. phenomenal. And this character is phenomenal. There were just a couple of things where they were like, do you get it? Do you get it? He's like 3PO see yeah <laughs> he's like he three but he can
2: actually fight you know so he's
1: like
3: not he a wimp right yeah and i wonder if right, it's something 3PO. where they where at that point they were trying to be like well most droids have like a similar base personality or something because they hadn't done too i mean they'd done a lot but they hadn't done a lot live action in films and as we know the movies tend to do what they want and you know worry less about the other stuff in canon uh so i wonder if they weren't like i don't know but you know this is this is sort of like Cassian is sort of like, what if, what if Han Solo was like, was like grim, was a little grimdark, you know what I yeah. mean? and was like yeah. a very serious rebellion spy. And so I think we were supposed to sort of see him and K2 as sort of like, yeah, these are the buddies, you know, but through like a very dire mirror that had a much harder life in a mm-hmm. way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, we head to Yavin 4. I fucking love Yavin 4. I love computers and ziggurats. It's a good look. It's an aesthetic that hit. I
0: enjoy. Come on. They knew what they were doing, and they pulled it off, in my opinion. <sighs> uh, we get a couple of... We get
3: uh, Davids Draven, General Draven, who is, uh, who is talking to Jyn Erso about, like, hey, what do you know? What do you know about your dad? What's going on here? Cassian's, in, Cassian's interrogating her a little bit. Mon Mothma walks in and immediately Steals just takes over the energy of the scene yeah, she's the best she's and they so did good that
1: so well because they lit her in a way that does that it was so intentional from mm-hmm. the outfit that she wears to the way that she carries herself to the way that they spotlight mon mothma as she enters in there you're just like everyone oh, she's kneel.
2: important yeah, yeah. and, 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 and it's funny too of like thinking about where this is in the timeline where they're kind of building up her character and her character arc in Andor, it feels like the first time she's really letting herself come out of the shadows as like the leader of the rebellion in a way, which is really freaking cool.
3: And she's not dressed, she's not dressed all business-like or anything. She's got more of like the classic. And what I love about this entrance in some of the, you know, some of the biggest complaints that I think people have about new Star Wars and current Star Wars is like, We've talked about it before. It's the glup shit-o thing. It's like, look at this thing that's in the background. Look at this character. We're going to mention this thing. What I will say, and I give credit to everyone on the writing team, but of course, the only one I'm friends with is Gary Witta, so I'm going to say this was Gary Witta. Gary Witta did... An amazing job of putting these things in in a way that doesn't bug you so much or doesn't make you go oh they're pointing something out like that shot is them giving mon mothma her flowers after years of like hardcore star wars fans knowing how cool mon mothma is and just being like here she is we know how cool mon mothma is too and i just love that you know Um, who else
0: is cool Bail Organa, baby, let's Jimmy Spitz, let's go. <laughs> Just what walking out of the
3: shadows. Love it, love it so much. We didn't even know what he was. What was he doing there? When was he there? We don't know.
2: Yeah, the whole time.
3: Bail Organa. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I also have it written down in my notes here. It's like this this scene, this conversation that's kind of going back and forth. Them giving kind of their um, what's led them to this moment of uh, speaking with Jin, um, the idea of this planet killer, talking to Galen. I have it uh, written in my notes. Two things is every important aspect of this movie I feel like is intro- introduced so quickly uh, like I was saying earlier. It feels like the movie just wants to get going when these characters mm-hmm. uh, we should be sitting and breathing with for this kind of story. And then when Jin is sent on this mission, on this journey, we barely know her as a character, which doesn't like get me invested into her. By the time they're going out to Jeddah, where it's like, and and I get what they're doing here, where she doesn't even really know who she is and like what she's about and stuff like that. But again, to kind of pull that off into a a, a two hour movie, and you're already going on this adventure twenty minutes into the movie, I, it, it it was hard for me to kind of like connect with anybody on that team at that point.
3: It cribs a lot from from old school movies like Bridge on the River Kwai or or old Steve McQueen movies yeah. where it's just yeah. kind of like you you get introduced to the, you get introduced to the team and you get three lines to really understand what the what each member is about. It's like a very classic kind of like warm movie thing. Yeah, and, I, w- I would I would but, push but, back but, on that but though. But here's what I'm Jin. saying, but here's what I'm saying, but here's what I'm saying is it's very classic but movies have come a long way since those films, and storytelling has come a long way since those films. Right. So I understand how something like that can feel hollow, mm-hmm. which is why I love that they got as brilliant a cast as they got. Is so when people have to deliver these lines, when Jen Erso says, You know, I've never had the luxury of political opinions, you have to feel yeah. all the subtext coming from Felicity.
2: Yep, and uh, that, 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 that's something talent. else I have written in my in my notes. Because at first, when I first saw this movie, I kind of chalked it up of, like, maybe I just uh, didn't like Felicity Jones' performance in this. Rewatching it this time, I, I had in my notes, like, everybody gives their all with what little they're given. Like, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Felicity Jones, uh, Diego Luna, I have written down. It's like, you 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 feel it in their performance, but again, I, I wish they were given a little bit more to, yeah. to really back that I up have- with
1: a very similar experience with it. Originally, I was like, maybe I just don't like Felicity Jones, which is like weird. um, But I I don't know. I don't usually have that experience where I'm just like, man, I just really hate this leading person and there's nothing they can do about it. Um, And watching it back, that's why I was like, I do like it more. And I was always really just like, I just don't like... Really, Cassian or Jin, And that was the problem, obviously. Um, but it's I liked problem. Jin. It's a big problem for this movie. <laughs> uh, I liked Jin so much more. I still stayed pretty whatever on Cassian personally. I like him so much more in Andor already than I did through this movie or ever have. But I agree that Felicity was given it. There was just nothing to give. Like, giving yeah. what? If there's no context provided to who this woman is, like, okay, she at some point is just having to say the lines because we're not I'll getting any this. time to, like... Yeah. meet her and like give her something other than I'm mad about my dad.
3: Right. I, we get to some parts in act three where I think there's some sub, there's some subtextual like physical performance stuff between Felicity and Diego that I think sells things a lot better. Uh, but you're right in the beginning of this, it's, it's kind of like, Hmm. Um, so, uh, they talk about how Saw Gerrera is very dangerous, and then we go right back over to see just how dangerous Saw Gerrera is.
0: How uh, dangerous because, is he, Carboni? Tell me. Uh,
3: he's so dangerous. Uh, by the way, I'm sorry. I forgot to shout out General Dendana in that scene. Shout oh. out to General Dendana. Shout out. Um, <laughs> but, um, Saw Gerrera, uh, uh Bodhi says that you know Galen sent him You know, hey, I've been sent by Galen, like, and Sagarera is just like, mmm, have you? Lies. Lies! Deceptions! (laughs) More and more every day. Oh I love listen, is it a choice? Sure. Yes. Can you like or dislike this choice? Absolutely. Do I love this choice? (laughs) a hundred percent and that's
1: okay fair? i don't know what is everyone's vibe check on saw Gerrera? let's give an overall do you like saw Gerrera? tim
0: i want to start with you saw Gerrera, i am all about i love it i love these choices i think that some of the plot choices around this and specifically the memory freaking monster thing i hate that but and i i t- to me barrett's whole thing about the character development and like not getting enough of it for like where we're at saw Rera to me is i think the the worst case of it where it's like, I love the idea of him. I love the performance of him. I love everything about him here. I feel like it's not earned, and I feel like it's not done justice to deserve this much screen time, honestly, and this much presence for something that feels confusing to the lore more than it does Mm -hmm. additive. And I understand he's been in other uh, things and the games and the shows and all that stuff, but like we're talking about this movie, and I think in this movie, they didn't do the best job setting him up to have this moment hit correctly. Having said that, They did everything they could in the scene itself because I love his performance. Fucking love. I – Dare it. Every time I write notes
2: about something I watch in Star Wars and Saw Gerrera pops up, whether that be this movie, whether that be Star Wars The Clone Wars, whether Mm -hmm. that be Star Wars Rebels, whether Mm -hmm. it be Jedi Fallen Order, I always write down, enough Saw Gerrera. We tried – We tried again. I love the idea of him. It just never hits. I I love the idea that Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka were the ones who trained him in, like, guerrilla warfare and stuff like that. It just – he is never – I just don't know if it's, like, whenever they try to write that character. It just isn't – the the execution just doesn't grab me for whatever reason. I think in the context of this movie there was something there. But again, I think the what you were saying earlier, Sage, it's like the opening scene does a discredit to it. Cause you see him for like a couple seconds and he seems like, yeah, a like he's hole. Like, yeah, he sees a little hole, like, come on, child, like, we've got a long journey to go. And he seems fairly normal. Like, yeah, he normal might be on the journey. run. He's like a normal, <laughs> but he's still kind of a normal dude, as much as you know yeah. about him in this movie. And then the next time you see him, he's screaming, lies, deception, more every day. And you're like, oh, this guy's fallen off the deep end. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen that. How did he get from 0 to 100? Show me Where that. Where was a
1: long journey. Show me, yeah, don't I, tell me Disney, like you're doing with every you. single plot aspect in this
0: movie, man. They'll show you on you Disney know, Plus in 2025. It's Anthony. funny cuz
3: cuz they well, okay, number 1, Sagarera, I love Hundo P. I'm 100% on board with Sagarera and everything Sagarera does. They showed they showed Forrest Whitaker this breathing mask and he's like I got it. I got the whole character. You don't need to tell me I love anything it, where about it He like kind of just
2: like forcefully grabs it and then Did like throws it. Send you to kill me. There isn't much of me left. Oh, I fuck. That was a good it. again. Great performances.
3: So Gareth, Gareth Edwards, and uh, and Gary, uh, who loves Saw Gerrera, bring up and name check Colonel Kurtz from uh, from Apocalypse Now. This military guy who has gone off the deep end. You haven't seen, but like he's been in warfare. He's been in the shit for so long, you know. And uh, you see it a little bit more in this in this scene where he confronts Jin. But I love it. But all he really says here is Borgullet and then I got to do another vibe check sage and I'm going to start with you yeah CG Tarkin let's discuss
1: I think most of the CG characters were just unnecessary in this when you could have done something implied and we'll revisit the CG characters portion later of this because obviously we know it will come back up um this one bothers me less than the later one Mm -hmm. but like it feels more like guys we can do this, as opposed to, like, we should do this. Yes. You asked if you could. You never stopped to ask if you should. 100%.
2: Yes. Before That's we talk about
1: the CGI characters.
2: We, before we even get that shot of CG Tarkin, we got to talk about that first shot of the Death Star. Because, again, just the cinematography of this movie, what yes. they were able to pull off. That yes. de- first Death Star shot might be the hottest shot of Death Stars. Uh, well, no, shot. second. Second. No, no. Because there's we're gonna one get that one comes later. later.
0: Yes. There's one yeah. that comes yeah. later. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one, yeah. still, pretty damn good. Fucking high. Phenomenal higher. shot. And also, Phenomenal shot. Also. But
3: you're avoiding, no, but you're avoiding. CG
2: Tarkin. CG Tarkin, which is, I you can't avoid CG Tarkin. the first shot, where you see he the gets reflection so many close-ups, on the Karen. glass. You can't avoid him. I know. When you get the reflection on the glass, I was, and the, I remember my my thought for the first time watching the movie, where I was like, that's tasteful. Just get a little bit of him, like, behind the head shots. You could kind of see him, like, maybe shots of him moving his body around and stuff, or you're more focusing on uh, uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character, stuff like that. But then he just turns around, and you're like, oh, God, what are they doing? <laughs> Again, going back to Jesus. stage. You, you you, uh, you know, thought more about if you could rather than if you should.
0: Um Damn. Yeah. CG Tarkin. Fucking love it. Are you kidding me? Come on. It. It's a fucking character that is like there's no other way to bring it back. This is the only way. It makes perfect sense for him to be a part of this. Did they need to have as many close-ups? Absolutely not. Would I have done it a little bit differently? Yes. Do I think that this is this egregious, like terrible thing? Absolutely not. I would rather have it how it is than not have Tarkin at all the a thing later at the end yeah is it a little too no. much absolutely absolutely 100%. did i mark out no. yes i did did i love it i did do i love watching it now it looks a little silly I, i'll admit yeah. it i'll admit can it just, looks silly but my thing see, is if it's going to be for just a bit, if it's going to be just for a second, a line, whatever, you get it. We understand what they're trying to do. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I don't like it when it's like, oh, hey, here's Luke Skywalker, and now he's just going to be in this episode now, and we're just going to have to deal with this robot situation. Like That's when I have a bigger problem with it. When it's like, here's a- Tarkin in a goddamn scene, you get the Tim Getty's round of applause. What do yeah. you that's think, so wild. His hair I...
1: defies gravity. It goes up. <laughs> Why does it do that? He's
0: dead. He's no longer living. This actor. He is it's gone.
2: gone. So, again, knows that once a little bit die, your hair. Starts. Like uh, someone in the chat says, Michael, ethically, a little dubious. A little
3: dubious, yeah. I will say. I don't is, think look, we
1: should put dead people in movies.
3: Well, that's. Listen, sure. That's a whole thing. Here's what I'll say about CG Tarkin. You know the entire prequel trilogy was made based on look what we can do, not look whether we should do this, but look what we can do. And can we pull it off? So I'm not surprised that this is the way that they decided to go with it. Can we make a fully realistic human? Can we have, can it be like Peter Cushing is there? Can we make this work? Kind of like mostly I think, but I do agree that, You didn't need to do as many close-ups, static shots. You didn't need to hang on him as much. In order to sell the effect a little more, there are ways where the scene could have been shot a little more artfully. And I feel like that was probably Lucasfilm and ILM telling Gareth, no, we have this technology and we're showing it off because that's what they like to do. That being said, it's aged a little more gracefully than I thought it would have. It didn't bug me as much as I thought. Yeah. Um even the even the Leia and I don't know if they touched up the Leia in the intervening years since I first saw it but the Leia they,
2: the only they I, made it Leia, Leia great, does though. not look great I'm going to say it does I'm not, not going to say good.
3: I'm not going to say that she looks great but she does look a little better than I thought she did and we we've, we've got
2: mm. tons to say about that we're, I'm we're, sure we're, we're missing the meat of this scene here cuz uh, you know the whole take movie Take it back t- take <laughs> it back take it back 30 minutes when I said Ben Mendelsohn is a very good antagonist bringing it back. Ooh. Ben Mendelssohn is also a very good protagonist. Are you kidding me with the story of like the dynamic between him and Tarkin and this whole political stuff inside the empire of you know playing politics with your senior officers and them t- possibly ruining your careers? I love that shit. And we should have gotten ten times more of it. And you know how we yes. could have gotten that in a series where we actually spend time with Ben Mendelssohn's character and you see him ride the high of his career, then it all is all the more satisfying when it's all taken yes. away from him with that beautiful shot at the end that we'll talk about later.
3: I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say that I don't want more Orson krennic I'll tell you that I want tons more Orson yes. krennic Um yeah. this scene, this scene's very short, but it did, it did we do get more of that inter interdepartment argument later, but it did, I, I just thought about like Ben Mendelssohn has this thing that new Star Wars really loves for their villains, which is also something that Adam Driver does really well, which is I'm constantly angry and always trying to hide it, and about 60% of the time I can, but when I can't, it is
1: intense. And I think Krennic's also a very good example of that they really did make this movie look like the space 70s, and I think that's very impressive. Yes. Overall, this looks the most like the original trilogy, and that makes sense, like, timeline-wise. You know, you watch the sequel sequels, you watch the, you know, uh, later skywalker saga etc and it, it looks like very different times like it's supposed to Raised right? in a completely different world but like this really does look like the space 70s that star wars was originally and I think the that's dark cool. it's a the, great like character for that
3: yeah the 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 dark shininess of all of the interiors of the imperial stuff like looks so 70s like looks, looks so like the original imperial stuff
1: huh like the way they cast for it is different too. Yeah. Like Ben Mendelsohn looks like a character out of the 70s Star Wars. Like yes. him as a person, his face. Um, yeah. And that's not the case in the Kylo Ren years.
3: No, no. They, that's one thing that I do like about everybody in Rogue One is like, uh, you, know, you know, obviously Fel- Felicity Jones is, is, has, has those movie star looks and everything. But most of the people, like when you look at like, when you look at Rogue One, the squadron, you're like, these look like regular people. Like they're good looking people, but they're regular people. Um, let's jump into this flashback that uh we see of Galen and Krenick having a party.
0: Corson, baby.
3: Yeah, just hanging out, just like being cool, and uh we get a little bit of uh little bit of the happier times before Jin remembers being put into the tunnel,
1: mm. and then
3: she wakes up and uh We are on Jeddah with a Star Destroyer
2: over the city, which looks so cool. It's not something we see often in live action stuff, and it looks so dope here. It yeah. just
3: never it just never doesn't look cool. Uh, so we have the Star Destroyer over the City. We Real quick, the, that-
0: the flashback I liked a lot, um, and yeah. you guys know this, but I always love when the prequel era and the original trilogy era kind of have some overlap where like planets or like ideas or characters from one era we see in the other. And this was really the first time ever we saw that in live action because Force Awakens like, yeah. pretended the prequels didn't exist at all. And so this having Coruscant, I remember being like, oh my God, they fucking did it. Whereas in a... Uh, force awakens they decided to like you You wanted a planet killer well we got galaxy killer motherfuckers and you think that's coruscant it's not coruscant it's just another place that looks yeah. like coruscant. <laughs> <laughs> um
3: so we have the uh we have the whole thing with uh saw has been attacking cargo shipments of kyber crystals is what we find out um and uh so they're going to find out what's going on and i love this there's so much good K2 stuff. So many of my notes are like K two stuff. Like I ignored the blaster thing earlier, but it was a good it was a yeah. good exchange. But this whole thing where it's like, oh, well maybe we should leave target practice here. It's like I could what are you are you saying I can't blend in? I'm an Imperial droid. This is an Imperial <laughs> occupied city. I can blend in. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah.
2: eh. Yeah. And I love how he sassily drops the bag too. Yeah whatever and then even earlier where he's like the likelihood of her using that against us it's high it's very high like he's, yes. he's like, like a sassy do, little boy
3: what do i know my my specialty is just strategic analysis it's fine like <laughs> um but this is where the real star of the series shows up sculpted by neil scanlan and the creature shop the first the first Creature to be sculpted at full size, 2.5 tons of silicon, measuring at 10 by 6 by 6 feet, <laughs> fully articulated puppet. This is the pride of the Mehran.
2: Borgullet! I'm starting to think Borgullet doesn't. it Ah, uh, good job, Tim. That's all I'm starting to think it makes no fucking sense as a concept. Like, how can someone tell the hey, truth? That they thinking, fuck you, Barrett Courtney. I was starting to think, like maybe you know, Carboni. Like, how can one tell the truth if they lose their mind? What's the point of that? What's the point because of you,
3: that? You extract the truth, and if it drives them crazy in the process, this is where we're seeing. This is what, where we are seeing. Where is seeing the truth? Extracting is between... Borgullet
2: pull, like pulling the truth. The brain. And... He has a tentacle a going. Brain. Does the Bort Gullet <laughs> speak out loud the truth? Like, how? What is that process? Yeah, sure. It doesn't fucking make any sense.
3: It go in brain. Hate it. You see brain hole later. It so mess with him.
1: It it go in person being interrogated brain right? Yeah. In, in any yes. scenario, not this specific one. It go in person being interrogated brain. Yes. Like a straw. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Like, like a little silly too. straw.
1: Okay. Yeah. Psychic and then straw. it spits it into
0: the his gullet. brain. The, it starts the bore as the gullet. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Like it spit's it, it into Guerrero's brain. It then puts a tentacle there.
0: I don't know what oh. you don't understand about. But this also, you're like you're if, if, really silly if, that, right if that's right the now. process,
2: wouldn't Guerrero be like, "Oh speak, shit, y'all. he told the truth," and not still be suspicious when Jen Urso shows up?
0: Look, Borgullet says it, it in English, <laughs> and Anthony <laughs> sound. How it would in he
1: basic. sound if he? He did, says he it did. in basic. He says it in basic, and it's voiced by Anthony Hopkins for some reason look I love
3: Borg Gullet. I think Borg Gullet rules and, uh... I think
1: Borg Gullet should rule I'm yeah. going to agree with you that conceptually if they were like yo there's a creature in Star Wars that like tentacles the truth out of your brains it casts zone of truth on you for my crazy yeah. people I'd be Borg like Gullet. hell yeah in practice I don't think that it did that but mm-hmm. I love the idea of it and I see the potential for more of these creatures within the universe to tell weird stories with it's just not there for me okay yeah. That's my, fine.
0: My, my biggest problem with the Borgullet is that it is one of those examples of they introduced a character and mm-hmm. plot point just to have like this scene, and I feel like had it been an uh, established thing in the Star Wars lore that we understood, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh shit, they're is so evil and like so like any means necessary that he'll use this thing to do that that's messed up but i feel but like that would make a lot more sense like than, but than you're introducing arguing that it, when we all, haven't had characters that we've already been introduced go deep enough with buddy here's the
3: board it's gullet. a big it's a big purple tentacle monster we know saw has gone over the edge
0: how much explanation do you need bore gullet is a bad thing
1: I we do got, agree with it's, that. It's but not that I needed more explanation.
0: <laughs> I wanted less explanation. I wanted not yeah. have to be explained in this scene. More yes. things happening. Is we're right not putting enough time. It's just
1: Borg too Gullet's gonna get
0: it out of you. There's nothing to explain. Like all the talk about Borg Gullet, I would have rather just had a conversation with Riz Ahmed. You know what I mean? Listen, I would love to sit down and
3: have a conversation with Riz Ahmed. Okay. But we're talking about Bodhi Rook. And we're talking about Saw Guerrera. And Saw Guerrera is gonna get the real information and he's gonna use Borgullet to do it. I don't get what's wrong with you people, meanwhile, in the Jeddah marketplace.
2: <laughs> was it a, cool, uh, market- a, cool, a cool vibe. I know we see a lot of desert planets here, but I I, I there's something about the uh the holy city that I, I I really liked, and I felt like it stood out against something like Tatooine and, and other places. Dude, I- I think this
0: this is proof that the problem is not desert planets. The problem is giving desert planets like identifiable features that make them unique to themselves and not just another Tatooine. Where it's like,
1: just yeah, they just put Tatooine in everything.
0: Exactly. Literally, well, well, literally Tatooine. But it's like I feel like Jakku didn't have enough of a defining thing to itself in any mm-hmm. of the times we saw it. So it just felt like oh, it's Tatooine by everything but name, right? right? And I guess there was a like it was weird there, that it like, wasn't
3: tattooing
0: do you know I, what I mean exactly, like sometimes yeah. like Great. with Jakku
3: you were like so there's just another Tatooine where like more of this shit's going on like I get that yeah. um what I think I love about the Jetta marketplace is and I and I want to I want to give a shout out to this Gareth Edwards understands the Star Wars style guide so much and he leaned into it so hard we get a lot of marketplace scenes we get a lot of crowd scenes There are so many little shots of puppets and creatures and... uh, Star Wars. Just Star Wars. And he's not hanging too long on them. He's not like, look at this cool little thing. You know, you see all of these different creatures that are just kind of like looking around in the marketplace. And they're treated like they're regular people in the crowd, which is how they should be treated. Um, And the density of them... Uh, in this one scene is just phenomenal. Uh, I just, I just think Gareth, Gareth doesn't get his due enough for, uh, for being a just a great Star Wars director, and I think he really, really was. Mm. Um, so, but then we do get a glup shido moment here. Uh, two of Gary Whitta's favorite characters, Ponda Baba and Doctor Evazan, um, hey, kids. who have to get, hey kids, like who <laughs> have to get from guys- here. Who have to get from here to Tatooine in time for to get their arms cut off and shit? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do like it's like I don't mind it because it happens so quickly and like they could have knocked into anybody and just yeah. been like, oh, this is a tough place. Um, it didn't hang on it long enough where I was like, ugh, you know, well, I,
2: it didn't feel agree. Like it, it was a fun little moment. I, I, I didn't. I, I never hated that moment.
3: No, um, and then we get the uh, we get the first example of the uh, of of the of the line here: "Rebellions are built on hope." From Cassian, which and we I a hundred percent
2: will think will be in Andor. That will be said out loud in Andor somewhere, yeah. whether yes. in season one or season two, because you know there will be time jumps and stuff like he that. He
3: taught but... it to Jin, but who taught it to him? Exactly. Yeah. um,
2: fun. ding
3: dang, Donnie Yen. The world's biggest action movie star making his big budget Hollywood debut. He had been in he had been in Hollywood stuff before, but this is us. This is doing. This is um, this is America doing an American movie doing a Donnie Yen vehicle, like one of the big summer blockbusters, and it was so amazing to see him in this. Uh, And this first scene is wonderful because it shows like, we're always talking about how there are too many Jedi. Like, why is everybody a Jedi? Why does everybody have to be a Jedi? If the force is a mystical thing, Mm -hmm. aren't there a hundred different ways to access it?
1: Which obviously with Disney Plus we're getting now, but at the time we hadn't yet.
3: Yes. Uh, And we have gotten some of it a little bit in like the animated series and in the comics, but it was nice to see this uh, this monk, this Guardian of the Wills, which, of course, comes from the original George Lucas's original name for the Star right. Wars saga. And why does Cassian
2: um, know so much about that? Also something we'll learn in Andor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, also,
3: uh, the Guardian of the Wills was supposed to be the original immortal being that narrated Star Wars. Instead of having, like, opening crawls, the Guardian of the Wills was going to be an immortal being that told us what was going on in Star Wars. So I Probably think it's fun a-
2: that. Probably a good choice that they didn't do that. I feel like, yeah, they the would have a been Wars a lot God. to start off Star Wars with.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: yeah. You just have Star Wars God, and that'd be weird. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: well, he said a lot of the stuff, like the wills, turned into the force. And so yeah. I love that this was brought back as a term to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get I love the.
0: Them. I love him so much. I love so pretty much honestly. Yeah. I think he is him uh, and his boy are like two of the better characters in this movie, and I feel like they are the the they they work for me because they don't need to have these crazy character arcs or anything. They kind of just like add to the vibe and add to the plot and the yeah. lore that we're getting. They add and to the, love- the the team dynamic yep exactly and in the same way that we're talking about giving props to this movie and last jedi kind of showing that it's not all good bad like the rebellion can be bad as well and like the who you think makes these things like all those conversations i do like how much this in one character introduction moment adds to the force in general and everything we know about it and what it can mean for mm-hmm. for people and what it does mean to the star wars world itself when it isn't tied to darth vader versus luke skywalker um so i I think that, like, these characters alone make this movie like uh, a higher tiered Star Wars movie for me.
1: I agree. I think they're by far the best uh, characters in the movie by, like, mm, leaps favorites. and bounds. Mm. The action scene is my favorite action scene throughout it, even including the Vader scene at the end. I think this is really phenomenal and interesting. Um, I really enjoy the concept being broadened of the Force Goes Beyond the Jedi. Um, one that, if this is this fizzled out thing that people have lost belief and hope in and lost connection to, that there would naturally be those people that are like borderline conspiracy theorists holding on to this concept of the force, right? And that this guy's sitting there like, no, 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 I know that I believe in the force. And whether it's real or not, his ability to connect with it, I personally think – he has like it's a force sensitivity which we know exists um like the way that he moves and exists is a really cool thing to go hey not everyone who connects to the force is a jedi this is something that exists in everyone canonically and this is how he uses it and i think that's very cool
3: yeah it's not, also not it was also of these so
2: fight scenes too
3: yeah oh, it was yeah. also just so fun to me to get this um it's a very it's a very eastern movie thing and a very eastern sort of legendary tradition where you get the monk who has to be pure and mm-hmm. walk through the world pure who has you know usually like a samurai or a warrior that does the dirty work for him so he can stay pure and stay spiritual and i love that they brought that into star wars and kind of and kind of made that part of it we do get into this very very good action sequence now which i think once again extremely well directed uh by Gareth uh, amazing camera work by Greg Frazier, where uh this is not a style of battle sequence that we had ever seen in Star Wars this is directed like a war movie this shootout yep. in in the in the square in the holy city it is a war movie
1: yeah absolutely yeah the child screaming jin running in to save like all of that sequence from mm-hmm. the second that the blaster blasting starts is is very like Outside of Star Wars, but it changes genres, I think, a few times throughout it. And I don't mind that. I think that's cool. It
3: does. Uh, it, it does. It starts with, like, very handheld camera work, like, very kind of traditional military movie camera work until you get it Imwe going into the battle in which – when everything changes into very smooth, very controlled camera work as it takes control of the battlefield um, – which I absolutely love. I love this sequence. I think it's an amazing, amazing action sequence. Uh, Also, shout out to Moroff the Gigoran in the background, that big, (laughs) abominable snowman-looking dude. Yeah, shout out to him. part of the Partisans. Yeah. Uh, One of my favorite members of the Partisans, more off the (laughs) Gigaran.
2: I agree with you all on on this scene. Again, I think uh, character wise, though, what they try to do with this where where Jin saves the little kid, I think would have hit a little more again if the beginning of her arc had a little bit more direction on who the hell she is. Like, at this yeah. point, I wrote down, Jin Erso reminds me of the Quagon Jin test from Red, uh, Red Letter Media, where they're like, all right, describe the character without uh, d- uh, any features or lines that they say. Describe the character of Han Solo. Describe the character of Princess Leia. Describe the character of Luke. And then they're like, describe Quagon Jin. And everybody is like, oh, that's kind of tough because they're almost a non-character. And up until this point, even a little after this point, again, I feel like Felicity Jones' performance great, but what is written here, a, a Jen Erso still feels like a, a non-character to me, which is
3: yeah. not what you want in your green. protagonist.
1: Absolutely, yep. I think,
3: I think I believe the, I think I believe the motivation of it, even if she's, even if she's not 100 percent sure she's with the rebellion yet, I believe it because, you know, obviously she sees a screaming, she sees a screaming little girl who's about to be, you know, separated from her family and hurt by the empire and that's at least personal to her um which yeah. i like and says, i do it like did, that there it, tr-
2: it wasn't a moment i don't think it was as big of a moment as i as i think it should have been didn't
3: hit as crazy i yeah. think it hit better as a showing the differences between Jin and Cassian where Cassian was like, if a That's kid true. dies, a kid dies right yeah. now. Cause we've got bigger fish to fry.
2: I also, you know? in this sequence, I wrote down, I want Diego Luna to nod at me one day. Like he nodded at Jin after watching her back. That's all else I'll add here. Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's all I want. That's all I want. Um, I do like, there is a, no, there is a no look blaster shot to a stormtrooper Cause you got to do that in this. Gotta scene. do it. You got to do it. Jin, Jin shoots a stormtrooper in the leg there. Uh, and then, you know, you get your, um, you get your Jiang Wen as Bay's as uh, Bay's malice comes in at the end with his just his insane heavy firepower. So sick, uh, um, and he's like, "The force protected me." He's like, "The force protected me. I protected you." Yeah.
2: Also, we, it, we it, this is another scene. Alec Tudyk, uh, Alan Tudyk d- again. The goat deserves an award for this performance with just the line, "I'm imprisoning them in prison." This is yeah. so fucking god tier. With that, it's good. so good.
3: I also really love the inter- the interaction between. I will say some of these relationships do work really well, and Jin and K two works really well for yeah, me. Yeah, Where he's like, "Did and you the- know
2: that wasn't me?"
3: Yeah, she's <laughs> like, "Yeah, of course, yeah." <laughs> uh, and then at the end, of course, the Partisans, two tubes, two tubes comes up and is like, "Yo." We're going to take you, you, we're, we're take you to to Gerrera. It's like, great, you better take me to Saw Gerrera. He's like, she fine, said, we will you take dare. you. don't you dare.
1: I'm the most special boy in the galaxy. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: and and then you'll Don- have to
1: answer to my dads.
2: <laughs>
3: Whichever Anyone dad it is.
2: <laughs> um,
3: but I do love cheer at Imway's. like, are you kidding me? I'm blind as they're putting the bag over his head.
2: <laughs> Perfect. It get, gets a chuckle um, every time I see it.
3: Uh, so then uh, they're in prison. And we get the the little bit of the uh, the bays and Chirrut thing where it's like, oh, he's praying for the door to open. I'm one with the force. And, the
2: force is with me.
3: Yeah, and Chirrut's like, oh, he's just upset because he knows it's possible.
2: <laughs> like
3: he knows I might open this door with the force today. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> today's the day I open the door with the force. Uh, he
2: also says that at one point, like Cassian's trying to physically do it. He uh, he says to Cassian, "I sent you carry a prison for wherever you go." A cool line, but again, build that more. Show me.
0: Yeah. Don't tell me. I um, love we see the shots of the the star destroyers leaving and like the yes. TIE fighters like around yes. it it's like in so many ways this movie is just like star wars fantasy fulfillment of like wouldn't it be cool if and they're just like yeah it would and they just do it
3: yeah it's really nice everything everything with ships in this movie like they were like if we're gonna make a if we're gonna make a war movie like they're all star wars movies but if we're gonna make a war movie like let's make sure we know how to make all these like all of our battleships in our and our Jet planes and all of our stuff that has to look cool. Let's make it look cool. Um, so then we get the um, we get the scene between Jin and Saw, which I do really love. I think these two actors are selling it, and I I understand the 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 show don't tell. Uh, I understand that we should see more of this. There should be more flashbacks of this relationship between the two of them. But I do love the Are we not still friends? And it's like.
1: You, but it doesn't,
4: done. it's not
3: earned. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. I would have loved to see that like shot of 16-year-old Jin Urso getting abandoned again because the theme of this movie and the theme of who she is and why she's so like bitter for the beginning of this is that she just keeps getting abandoned. She's been mm-hmm. abandoned over and over and over again. And though I know that, I would love for you to show me that. Show me yeah. her getting left yeah. behind once again and being 16 and not able to understand why.
0: Mm-hmm. And my biggest can, problem I, with this scene in particular is how rushed it feels in the scene even like the yeah. fact that there's the added bonus of like oh man the freaking people on it's exploding yep. it it adds this like level of like we gotta hurry we gotta stress that I, but I then also like we, we need to take
2: a moment read. to hear Galen's entire thing you know it, it's it so almost weird. feels like it's against itself in how they're presenting it to us that's what rubs oh, me the hundred you wrong. I that yeah. was that was another aspect that I didn't know how to word uh correctly and Tim you fucking, mm-hmm. you, you nailed it I think.
3: <laughs> Pay, like pacing and timing of all this I, as it's going down. I can't help now.
1: but wonder in a lot of these if there is more that was cut. And like, <gasps> who oh, yes, there was. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, oh, there always is not a movie, but, like, I can't help but wonder what parts, right? Because we don't know yeah. what was right. cut. So I have to believe that they must have flushed out. Like, because of how important they've made Saw Gerrera, there had to be more about Saw Gerrera, right? I, maybe. There had to be.
2: Maybe. I mean, I there is – what. We only see one shot of him with, like, the super crazy hair, right, at the very beginning. I'm pretty sure in the trailer, like, you see, like, not a hologram shot of him with the crazy hair. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, there had to have been more that they were like, hey, we – a Star Wars movie needs to be close as to two hours as possible. We need to be Mm -hmm. in and out, which, again, I think this is a disservice to what the premise of this kind of story is. Also, at one point, he asks Jin Erso, what do you want? She doesn't know. And neither do we. Yeah. I wonder why it's hard for me to connect to her.
3: Right. I do, I do think in a post in a post-end game world and in a post like all this world, I don't think they would I, I think if Rogue One came out today, they wouldn't have any problem making it two and a half, three hours if they needed to. Uh, and I think we would have gotten a little bit more out of that. Um, I do enjoy the Colonel Kurtz Marlon Brando-ish performance, like that apocalypse now from uh, from Forrest Whitaker here where he's like, Oh, today of all days, it's a trap, isn't it? Where it's just like, Oh you're my- so good at it, dude. Like <laughs> that's really
0: kind of worrisome how good you're we you used are this to impression. listen
3: in the Star Wars office, we did
0: nothing. <laughs>
3: But Saw Guerrera impressions for a long time. We I love Saw Guerrera in this movie because he's so unhinged and There's so iconic. Star
0: or kind of funny moment, Carboni that you'll appreciate where Kevin, who you know well, and sometimes mm-hmm. he speaks la- or quicker than uh, his brain is moving and all of that. <laughs> uh, he was once doing his impression of Forrest Whitaker in, love and it was One. it was after you guys had first watched the Rogue One trailer. I think this was before yeah. the movie was even out. And uh, instead of saying "save the rebellion, save the dream," he it sounded like he said, "save the rebellion, save the trees." And we're like the Lorax, <laughs> Sawgarrera is the Lorax. So <laughs> best we'll friend out the there,
2: can yes, you can hey, you make as the Lorax?
3: I <laughs> speak no, for the trees.
2: <laughs> okay, moving past this though, this is where we get the trees—the best shot ever of the Death Star. Oh, The upside down shot with the planet as the backdrop. Are you fucking
0: kidding me? It's so good. Beautiful. It's so good. Um. Yeah.
3: I, I mean, also, we we hey, haven't disappoint- talked enough
0: about the Death Star in general with this. I love that the plot of this movie, yeah, it's stealing the, the plans or whatever. We just kind of, like, just take for granted the fact that the Death Star, A, is named the Death Star, B, mm-hmm. is a planet-destroying weapon. It is yeah. a super weapon that shoots... A big blast made of lightsaber crystals (laughs) to destroy a planet. And they're like, fuck it. We need to do a test to see, oh, it's just going to destroy the city that our protagonists are in right now. I fucking love the plot of this goddamn movie. (laughs) There's a
3: beautiful Mako reactor thing to this whole thing, oh, isn't there? Oh, 100%. You know, where it's like, here are these kyber crystals. They connect us to the force that guides the universe. This is, this is the central of, like, all of our spirituality. It's what makes us who we are. And these bad guys come in, and they're like, looks like a fucking battery to me, dog. Yeah. And I just, I love that. God, i love the final fantasy so 7 of it all
2: also in, um, in this it, when we get back to the death star and we get like inside and they're about to test this is where i wrote down man cg tarkin is a choice i felt this was cg tarkin is a choice
3: i do want to say i do love this scene between cg tarkin who is played by i think it's a combination i think it's a combination of guy henry and steven stanton i think it's guy henry as physical and Stephen stanton for voice mm. um even though i think guy henry does a pretty good peter cushing i think they went with Stephen stanton because he did it in the clone wars right but ben Mendelssohn acting against cg tarkin in this scene these are two i mean listen Again, whatever you think about the way cg tarkin looks
2: you know great protagonist what, yeah, whatever
3: whatever you think about the way C.G. Tarkin looks, mm-hmm. the performance of C.G. Tarkin
2: very good. is very good.
3: Yeah, and the way, he is, the way he is just so calm, and he's just like, well, um, you know, I'll tell the Emperor that your, you know, your idiocy didn't stop this. And like, you know, and it's like, he's like, well, the Emperor and Vader should be here to see this. It's like, yeah, you're lucky that I didn't invite them because your shit goes wrong so often. It's just like the way he's poking at krennic's buttons and krennic just falls for it and is just like oh i love ben mendelsohn so much what do you think it was like when they rapped on this movie every night and fucking ben mendelsohn and fucking uh 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 mads Mads mickelson go out as these two fucking dope cool european middle-aged dudes (laughs) just out on the town what was drinking with those guys like every night when rogue one rapped
2: Man, Damn, I can't even imagine that. Damn, just two cool old dudes in sweaters cool talking dudes, shit, man. Yeah, I love them. And continuing on this, like with this whole like taking over the project when it all like succeeds in this test and stuff like that. I just love that Ben Mendelssohn's story of a man being destroyed by the job he worked so hard for is some great commentary mm-hmm. on the workforce in late well, stage you, capitalism, you're... and I love it. Yeah, it's but so also. Good. Uh,
3: also you get what's coming to you if you spend your life working for the wrong thing right like sure. he's not forced into the capitalist system he is a gleeful participant mm-hmm. in the imperial in the uh empirical okay. system he loves it um so yeah this is where so we get everybody's trying to get out of their, out of their cages uh they're about to like set off the death star single reactor not a big deal just single reactor and um we get Galen Ursos hologram pops up, and there's something so funny about this to me. Galen Ursos hologram pops up with its back to the camera, which is just so weird to me. Yep. I don't understand. Is it, is it symbolic of something? What does it mean? They turn on the hologram, and it's facing the wrong way, and they have to walk around.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that, it's weird.
2: It's, it's weird. It, they have to go on a journey <laughs> around to see his true face. That's how you I mean, yeah, I
1: wonder if it was supposed to be like a reveal for Jin. You know, of what yeah. her like, father looks face.
2: like. I mean, I flip guess. it on a hologram—it's
1: like, your freaking dad on this hologram. But I don't know; it's not really effective because she's kind of to the side of him. Yeah. It is just a little. It's It's just
2: odd. odd. It's just odd. And and, and I think this sequence fully encompasses a lot of the problems of of pacing, exposition, that just kind of gets dumped within like a two-minute section. Or Galen Erso delivers his message so quickly and it's like so much exposition dump and barely any time to deliver it, what Tim was talking about and stuff again. But again, I would have loved to, you know, see Galen Erso learn to lie again. Tell me. Or uh, show me, don't tell me, and all this exposition dump. But I get it. Mm-hmm. We're in a two-hour Star Wars where there's so much stuff going on, and we got to get to the final act with all the cool yeah. stuff that's happening visually. But also, uh,
1: yeah. uh, what I know—it's your daughter, and you're gonna have like endless love and support for your daughter, and you're gonna believe that she is the most special boy in the universe, of course. But. Like him to just be like, you can probably do this incredibly, like, specifically skilled task, my daughter, just because you're my kid. That's assuming like, a lot of someone you haven't. That's so much seen of who she like... ended up since she was what, like, six. I don't well, know. But they did leave.
3: They did leave her with Saagarrera specifically because again, they knew that he could train her and stuff. Would have like, been sold she's... a little
2: bit more on that if we saw more about that, yeah. you know.
3: I will say the thing that the thing that I notice about this scene is this is where we start, this whole movie, but particularly this scene is where we start something that I think has become a problem for a lot of people with Star Wars, which is the story is about filling in a hole from a line that was said once in a thing X number of years ago. And this scene really drives it home. Like, this is fun. Like, this is a clever use of it. Why was it so easy to take out the Death Star? It was so easy to take out the Death Star because like why didn't you know there've been so many jokes about what's with that vent in the death star how come they can just shoot through that vent in the death star yeah, yeah.
1: they just this left is a convenient off button
3: yeah this is a good use of filling in those holes i think this movie I agree. but this is where i think the idea of all of these stories now can just fill in these holes came from and i think that's something that's become a little tiring for people in star wars and that's why i like that they're you know we're we're moving towards more original stuff on the horizon because it's like tell me more news stories it's okay that somebody flubbed a line in 1983 it's okay it's fine you know um So I will say watching a Death Star blast from ground level is one of the big payoffs of this film. And this is a really intense, intense shot. Um,
2: And there's, uh, yeah, like them, like where he's like, I still have to make them the calculations. I'll make them for you. And they blast mm -hmm. off. And then like it pans to the entire explosion going from like the planet up to space. Also a dope shot. And it looks like that's that's
3: my favorite shot of the Death Star is the silent pan up from Jeddah mm, okay. to the That's death star incredible. hanging over it's I mean, beautiful
1: this whole scene is incredible now obviously saw guerrera is like hey i'm staying behind uh, this now this is, how is I the die.
3: first time i'm going to agree with y'all i don't understand saw guerrera in this moment now he does say like there's very little of me left. There's there's barely any of me left. There's very little of me left. Like you so know. So if
1: he was like dying and they would have had to wait to try and save him, like don't bother. There's very little left of me. But he's just standing there, man.
3: This is a dude who who ten hours ago was so still so dedicated to making to seeing this through to the end that he hooked a boar gullet up to a dude's brain, and now he's like, <laughs> eh, I'm done Fuck running. <laughs> Why?
1: Why? That's the only thing I don't
3: understand from Saga era in this and movie. The rest is a hundred. The rest
0: is flawless.
1: It's the first death in this movie, which will be of many to come, where we didn't emotionally care about the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I really do think that Forrest Whitaker's performance is very fun and it's very enjoyable to watch. I I, it's it. weird, but it's like I enjoy it in the way that I enjoy Palpatine, where it's like this doesn't make any freaking sense, but like go off, King. Um, But when he stands there and he's like I'm going down with the ship. Peace, guys. I'm like, I wish that broke my heart.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I wish
1: I was so sad to see him stay behind and had this, like, I wish that I was grieving for Jin. I wish that I was grieving for him. And I'm not.
3: Well, think about this, Sage. Who's going to comb more off the Gregorian's fur now? (laughs) Now, that makes you a little sad, doesn't it? Who's going to clean all four of those tubes?
1: God.
3: for both of those egg mates.
1: you assume they can't clean their own tubes and that he's been doing it? They could, the they could tubes?
3: clean their own tubes, but he just cares about them so much. Now, does that make you sad? No, don't
1: tell. <laughs> Joey saw Guerrera cleaning the two
3: tubes. Um, Krennic's best line, my favorite thing, Ben Mendelssohn looking at blowing up a holy city. Even the Empire calls it the holy city. And He goes, oh, it's beautiful. It's he beautiful. throws the line away.
0: Yeah, he's. He does. It's
3: just, and he throws it away in that perfect way where it's just like,
1: oh, it's yeah.
3: everything I ever would have imagined. Yeah. My beautiful right. Death Star. Oh,
1: someone giving I love him it. flowers. But also, oh.
3: the performance in this scene of we stand here amidst my achievement, not yours. I'm just like, ooh, <sighs> I love it. I love. Very it.
1: good. That's a very good scene.
3: And where he's like, it doesn't matter. You fucked up, Galen. Or so was the leak. So now this is my Death Star. I'm made out of a computer. Fuck off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hell yeah.
3: Um. So they go. They now they have to go to Edu, They have to go to Galen's facility. Uh, this is where uh, Riz Ahmed gets his moment to sell his character. One right. Moment. We talk about that's this. all he gets. Oh no. Go ahead. Yeah, he gets his one moment to sell his character, and this is where he says he said I could get right by myself if I did what was in my heart. Love it. In these, in these classic war movies, and once again, I'm not saying it's right that they did the entire style of these classic war movies. This is what you get. You get one guy in the foxhole who gets to say three lines about his family back home or what he believes in, and that sells the character to you if the actor can sell it. And Riz Ahmed does so much with, 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 with just a few lines here. And I really enjoy it. I enjoy this like quiet scene on the ship where they're all kind of coming to terms with what they just saw and how they feel about it.
1: But they're also questioning what Jin saw, because that's my least favorite part of that is for some reason they spend this time being like, so you so see you haven't seen the hologram. So then I don't Did anybody know. Anybody else see
3: it? Anybody right. else see it? And I, you know, I. Why sort of are we get...
1: questioning her? Why are we trusting her to do this? And I understand that you need her as like essentially bait for her father was the idea. Mm-hmm. But like this distrust that a never gets hammered out and we know goes away pretty soon is a weird choice for me in this scene where they're all like, mm, I don't well, know. I think, it's
3: I, think the, I think on the uh, on the part of Cassian, it goes away when he sees what happens on the platform. And how the empire is about to get rid of Galen and his whole team, and then Jin going out to you know, I think that changes the trust for Cassian. And I think one of the things that's that's great is that Chirrut trusts her implicitly,
1: and always knows when someone's lying. In theory, yeah.
3: Cassian, we're trying, you know, they're trying to show us that Cassian is a paranoid spy in this moment. And you're right, it's kind of like it's here. To- it's here because there should be conflict in this moment. But I do like that they at least give Cassian the line of, I'm not the one you're going to have to convince.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Right? Where it's Cassian's weird, like, this- even if I believe you, and I'm not saying I do, we're going to cut to a whole table full of more important people than me that you're going to have to convince.
0: Mm-hmm. There's something about this scene that going back to what I was saying about like the scene itself feeling rushed of having that be this like talky talk scene, but that it's very important to like the exposition, but then also oh, the the whole place is getting exploded. So we need to get out of here that being followed up with this kind of lessens it all for me because that escape sequence starts to feel like an uncharted set piece moment where it's kind of like, no, 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 no. At any moment, like the the things right behind us and we're going to die. And so it feels so like high stakes, that when they start talking about it, it almost feels like they're not talking about something that they just experienced because, right, it, it felt like, they like had it no it one's experienced that, that before.
2: Like, they just escaped a planet killer. Like, and no one, they never have a moment where they're like,
0: Yo, what the what fuck the fuck was, was that? that? Yeah, you know, like, it's uh, like uh, they kind of let yeah. us assume because they know that we know what it is, but it's yeah. just like, I feel like movie wise, it doesn't really that's why the scene doesn't work for me is because. They're questioning the wrong things in that moment. I think.
3: Do you know who sells this scene to me? Actually, who says almost nothing It's Jang mm-hmm. yeah. Wen. Jiang okay. Wen, who, who is who is who is Bayes malice. Bayes is Bayes looks completely devastated, and maybe it's because Bayes didn't have to deliver this sort of like expository dialogue in the moment, mm-hmm. but he really, I think, sells it in a, in a way where like if you watch him during this scene, him hurt. it's like yeah yeah and i think you know when, because we start with bodie's thing about i was too late you feel it from bodie yeah. um you know but you're right where it's like Jin and cassian are are kind of
2: unfazed by they're,
3: it they're kind of forest for the trees here you know what i mean
2: the trees yeah. the trees um <laughs> also we're, we're we're getting to the part we're getting to the segment where i fucking fall asleep every time we're getting to Edu, <laughs> fucking Edu, man. I just don't know what it is where like all of the tension is lost here. Um, really quickly, I, I just just because we're on the the ship, we're having these conversations. You know, Cassian's about to get the order of like still still kill Urso. Uh, like your your orders still stand and stuff like that. And like she's gonna call out Cassian for like her like his orders, his following orders, and all this stuff, which. I feel like, is a great moment. It's a great back and forth between these characters who have to be a part of a, a team together and stuff like that where it's like, why are you just following those orders? And that is lessened by, later on, skipping ahead a little bit, we'll return to it, is when she doesn't call out the people who gave those orders. Instead, she decides to give an inspirational speech to them, which makes no sense for what the second act does. The second act is supposed to be the rebellion failing her because the rebellion was like, yeah, we're going to blow up the, the, the place that you're on right now and we're going to kill your dad and stuff. And then 10 minutes later, she's like, but I, I, I rebel. The rebe- well, rebellions, rebellions built on hope. It's like the rebellion just proved to you that they're also <laughs> a bunch of assholes. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, it just ignores everything that, like, it,
3: both it, your oh, dads God.
1: died in like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So many dads. Uh,
3: speaking of which, we are on Edu, where, uh, where her dad is. Um, the approach sequence, once again. One of my favorite Star Wars sort of things. I love that Edu, where they mine this Kyber, is like it feels spiritually out of whack. It's like constantly, it's constantly in storm. It's dark. It's lit from within by the Kyber crystal. Uh, this approach sequence is just so well done. I, I love it so much. Um, now, there is something that I think is very funny about this whole thing. So they, you know, they crash. They're like, okay, well, we're gonna go get another ship. You come with me. And you know, Cassian's clearly making excuses for Jin to stay behind because he doesn't want her to see what's about to happen. <sighs> Yo, Disney Plus believes so hard in HDR. This whole sequence is so dark on my television.
4: <laughs> like,
3: yeah. like I can't see, like I can't see a goddamn thing. I had to yeah. turn the backlight on my goddamn TV up. So high just yeah. to see what was just going to see on. Any on sort Eidu. of
2: emotional performance here, which, yep. like, is, w- which is all Eidu? being carried on Cassian right now because he's in this conflict of like, will he or won't he? And again, I think one of the reasons why the second act, this kind of like in the middle before we get into the big fight of will he or won't he kill Galen? all of the tension falls away from me and I fall asleep because I'm endlessly bored is because you know he's not going to do it. You get the one moment at the beginning of the movie where he's like, yeah, blammo, I'm going to kill this random dude. But I don't feel like we <laughs> saw enough of that, uh, of like him maybe yeah. ki- killing someone he actually spent a lot of time with or something for <laughs> to make you doubt of like, oh, he might kill him. Oh, he, do you know what he might kill helped him right now. Scene? And there's none of that in here, almost like the entire movie where it's like, oh, they might are they gonna die they're gonna die no you're just thinking the entire time yeah they're all gonna die you're thinking this entire scene yeah he's not gonna kill galen do
3: you know what i think would have helped this scene a bit would have been like and this is no this is i'm not faulting the man but i wanted a little i wanted more musical stings and cues for like the tension of pointing the the sniper rifle and the decision i wanted like a little bit more of like a
2: you know just a little something a music like almost like was, the beginning of the dark night where you have like just that yeah. string. you know i like that it's like just
3: like looking and i and i want more of like okay well that shot he couldn't take because of a natural thing and this shot he couldn't take because emotionally he couldn't handle it or something you know what i mean and i feel like a little bit of a little bit more of like tighter editing and a little bit of like tighter musical stuff i think would have really helped in that moment
1: i, agree I don't know more attention. I agree. Uh, but i
3: I, I, love I the like idea it because I, I
0: feel like the tension came more from the dynamics of play of not just the Andor stuff, but mainly the like elements of the rebellion oh. coming in and the the what the Empire was doing and like how much Fennec didn't give a shit about what was going on. And I thought they did a good job going back and forth between those elements that I, I might think... not have ever been questioning is Andor gonna kill him or not, but it was more yeah. like, Oh shit, how's this gonna play play out? How's this going down? Like I, I think the scene works.
3: Yeah, i I think it. I think a lot of it works because of the interplay between Mendelssohn and Mickelson, fucking crushing it. That, I, so I, I, I will give it
2: that. That tension I like a little bit. That tension I like <laughs> a little bit. But emotionally, again, I I feel like at this point a lot of our heroes are still kind of non characters. So when it's like, oh shit, are they going to survive this rebellion uh, attack assault on this base? It's like I don't, man, I don't care. I feel yeah. like See, when when Jin like, sees looks... her dad die because of the rebellion, I should be like I should be like yeah, the rebellion kind of sucks right now, man, and I should be angry with Jin, but I'm not cuz she's barely angry. Mm-hmm. What's happening?
0: I like seeing That's the X-wings fair. come in and like seeing them <laughs> from the ground level. Again, oh, visually yeah. Sick as hell, especially no, no, like, no, no, no. No, I'm not even yes, talking about mm. visuals. I'm talking, like, even, like, the, the implications of, like, yo, the good guys are flying in, and it's, like, we can question, like, where the commands came from, whatever. There are people, good guys, we know them to be good guys, pl- piloting the X-Wings and coming in and shooting all the shit up, where the other good guys we know are there. Mm. And I feel like that alone, like, added to the boys out in the town having their drinks, having the conversation they're having. Like that to me is where the tension lies. Yeah. It's like all these elements that play in this one little tiny thing that like motherfuckers, we know we're going to die in their beautiful raincoats. Top three yeah, Donnie Yen moments. Columbia also Sportswear. when he does oh, yeah. his
2: like was- weird bow. And he's not even looking. He's just like kind of listening for the 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 tie fighters, and just blows one up nonchalantly. It's he
3: does the thing chef, with the chef. he does the thing with his hand because it's cold and wet, and he's like trying to focus in the force, and he pulls out like whatever you know his his not bowcaster. Um, he also I love his line in this where 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 Baze goes or, or where he goes. Does he look like a killer? And Baze goes. He's got the face of a friend.
1: That's a good um, line. That's a very it's good such line. Such
3: a good line where where Cassians. And then I also love where he's like, I'm going to follow Jin because her path is clear. Yeah. Um, I love that. Everybody else, you don't know what doing. I don't you're think doing, it actually
1: but... is clear, but I like him saying that.
3: hmm Maybe, maybe he knows it more than she does, but I also question Draven. Okay, so <sighs> Okay.
1: Okay. So
3: Draven, so they're going into this area, and it's like, hey, send a message to the the Rebellion. Tell them to go to Scarif. I can't. We're in the middle of Imperial space. I can't send a message right now. Three minutes later, Draven goes, I haven't heard from my buddy Cassian Andor in like three minutes. (laughs) Should we send the entire
0: Rebel fleet? What? This guy's Draven. a Tim if I've ever seen one. Tim or like,
3: He's got an itchy trigger figure, this guy Draven. You know what I mean? Um, so I love, uh, love that he's like telling to hold off. Jin's on the platform. You know, uh, they're the moment between Jin and Krennick. There are two moments in this, in this film where Jin and Krennic nearly, or three, where Jin and Krennic nearly shoot each other uh, and they get interrupted. And I love this one where they're about to shoot each other and it's just like, boom. <laughs> it's so intense it's so intense um and i also do love that krennic as they're carrying him away krennic has one of those star wars moments that we see a lot recently where it's like i have enough time to glare at you Uh and be like "Mm, oh you (laughs) but not enough to
2: kill you (laughs) not enough to shoot I can't but walk through sh- this fire, even though I've walked through fire before, but not right now in this moment. I'm very mad at you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. A weird thought about the following thing, where where Jin runs to her dad, right, and she's sitting there, and he's the water on his face, and and the I have so much to tell you, and this it is a beautiful scene. Yes. But is it funny to anyone else that the image her father now has of her is completely wrong? Like he probably is like, wow, she's been with the rebellion all this time. Incredible. She's been here Super fighting and she up. got my message. I've never thought of that before. It. This is the girl I raised and she's really just been a petty criminal that just got to the rebellion like yesterday. <laughs> Can I, hey, she came when it was important.
3: And I think as, I think as a parent, you, when love you love that. First, you got kidnapped too. <laughs> but also, but also, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and also, I hope that somebody, I hope that my parents have just as fake an impression of me before they go. Do you know what I mean? Like
1: he sends the message to be like, I know you're out there fighting the good fight when she was not. And then he's like, you did it. You're here.
3: She was in prison with a Blutonian, a, a dirty Blutonian who had a coat full of parasites. Um, I do enjoy the uh, I do enjoy thinking about how uncomfortable it was for Mads Mikkelsen to lie with his knee bent like that. You know, the way his knees bent when he's li- when he's lying on the ground, he's got like. He's got like his knee bent backwards the wrong way yeah. when he's lying that there. That always
2: freaks me out cuz I'm really spinish so, like, his... about like kneecaps and stuff too that like Yeah. You know, not a but fan. it's not broken. It's clearly
3: his actual leg, but he falls in sort of a ragdoll position where like his foot is up by his head and his knee is the furthest part down and I'm just like how long did you have to lie like that Mads Mikkelsen? That's acting. Um they get, uh, they get back into the ship. Uh, Bodhi lands the ship and says, well, you know, uh, K2 says, well done, you're a rebel now. That's very nice. And then that's Very nice.
0: That's very nice.
1: Yeah, no condolences. Uh,
3: this, this is a very nice sentiment, I think. Uh, it. back on the ship, grabs Jin's hand because he can sense that she's about to confront Cassian about this. Uh, Cassian just gaslight gatekeep girl boss here is just like oh you're in shock i've seen it a hundred times before you're crazy i don't know anything now he is a spy who's trying to keep his orders secret but at the same time Come on, my dude. We know why you were there.
1: Why are you making this lead character that we're supposed to root for until he dies so hateable? I don't think Cassian's done almost anything likable this whole episode, like this whole movie. But
2: also on the side of Jin, where it's like what I was mentioning earlier where she is pushing back against him. You shouldn't be a dog following orders. Stormtroopers follow orders, which I love. I love that dynamic. I love that infighting. And it's like, dog. Like, you're fighting a cog in the system. Maybe, like, you should have a word with the system. And again, when she has a word with the system, she's like, let's do an inspirational speech.
1: It's like, yeah, she's mad at Why Cassian, don't you fight yet, the people who to the gave rebellion?
2: the orders, you psychopath? What is happening here, man? Yeah, her character arc I, makes no goddamn uh, sense in this fucking movie. It drives me I insane. I
1: agree with her fighting with Cassian here because Cassian is the one that she has had no choice but to trust. Yes. There is a personal level of betrayal between her and Cassian that doesn't exist yeah. with her in, like, the corporate rebellion. They've um, saved each other's lives man. a
3: couple times now, you know what yeah. I mean?
1: So there is a trust between them, and he's been clearly keeping that that were his orders, you know what I mean? like, he he could have told her. He could have done anything, and he didn't. Um, So I don't mind her in this, but I do mind him in his gatekeep, gaslight, girl boss era um, because he never makes up for it in a way that I feel like on a personal level is cool.
3: Well, he does get the entire squad to go with her to
0: Scarif. That is a good point.
3: Yeah.
1: you know
0: He does back her up.
1: Is it for her? Well, I mean... Ooh. I mean, if that for
0: her, I
2: feel like I don't I can't think of any other any other motivation for him in that moment. You know, she
3: She gives the speech at the table. Um, But let's before we get to the speech at the table, let's take a short trip to Mustafar. The lava planet and home of Castle Vader. Uh, I'd like to discuss
1: for Castlevania. I'd
3: (laughs) like to I'd like to discuss uh, Van Ey. who announces Krennic? The the weird old guy in the in the cloak. Yes. Who? But. Who? His backstory is he was an imperial inspector on Mustafar who was driven crazy by lava fumes and now considers himself a devoted acolyte of Darth Vader. Hell,
2: sure. the fuck? Yes. And here's the thing: in He's the past, good. I thought I. I Disliked this scene because I felt like it. Great scene. It lessened. There's one reason. The, bad. That lessens the thing later on. Oh no, Tim, we're gonna fight about this. But I, I have it. written my. Completely I, on different sides. Yeah, of I, I, I. I wrote down my notes here. Vader's palace, sick visually. This scene is dumb, fun, and I'm here for it. The shadow. Of Vader overshadowing Krennic to remind you how small he is in yes. the entirety of the Empire. When the, the entirety so far, Krennic feels like he is the big man in this entire show. I fucking love that. I like that Vader because I like this cameo in the scene because of how it ties into Krennic's uh, politics story. It makes sense. It's cheesy. It's Star Wars. It makes more sense than the the thing that we get later that I think diminishes. Yes. The protagonist and the story that's about the protagonist. Yes. And then we get Vader being a sassy bitch, which is the most Vader thing. I hope you don't choke on your aspirations. Are you kidding me? That is some classic this Darth is, Vader stuff, and it's ten out of ten. It's perfect. This is a
1: perfect scene. That is
2: OG. That's original trilogy Vader right there. Let's Tim. talk Come about on.
1: no. Then let's talk about original trilogy Vader. Uh, name for me all the other times that Darth Vader makes puns.
2: I can't name them off the top of my head, but I know that they're there.
3: Oh,
1: is he a real pun guy? Is yeah, there he real? is. He's a real yeah. pun guy,
3: and he wears, he wears rainbow suspenders, and he has the little horn, and he goes honky honky. See, I, like I, this,
1: I think that the start of this scene is incredible. I agree on the shadow. I think that Krennic in this scene is amazing. I think I Vader think that be He is trying so hard to like be tough. And he looks like a piss baby because of it. Like it is clear that he is squirming and lying over his fear. And I think that Krennic is amazing in this. I think this might be the least intimidating Vader has ever been. Interesting. He stands there and he goes like this.
0: Oh, and but I'm the not point joking. is that very happens.
1: No, no, but the way he does it is completely different. There is a powerful Vader point and I am a huge Vader fan. The way he does it in this is silly. It's it's look, we know there's different people in the suit for Vader. We yeah. know that it changes, we know that this is not the same. This visual movement, the towering, imposing presence of Vader is not there in this scene. He stands there and he goes, Oh, are you late? And then he makes a pun and he leaves. What? Okay. First
3: of all, great.
1: I think number one, Vader should be taller in this scene. I agree. That's fair. I, I keep looking. I keep I think looking. think the shadow at makes height. up
2: for it. I think the shot with the shadow makes up for it a little bit.
3: The shadow no, is almost
1: as tall as You're there. You're like there. <laughs>
3: you're shooting all day. You can make Vader taller. The shadow is great. But the here's what I'm going to say. Fair. If we, we can, can make CG Tarkin,
2: there. we can make Vader taller.
3: <laughs> yeah, t- Vader like Tar like like Krennic should be up to Vader's chest box. Mm-hmm. Chest box. Yep. And then, but he's like, he's almost looking in Vader's eyes. And that's why I think like the point to me is almost the same point he does to Leia originally. Like when he like in, in, uh, in A New Hope, he's almost like, he's doing like the disappointed point. But Which is he's a little so different
1: when it's your kid. But he's kid. so
3: small. Well, it's also different when Vader is... Is towering over Leia and bent over almost uh-huh. and pointing down. Whereas like Krennick's like, I don't know, Krenick was wearing his tall shoes that day and cause he was like, I'm gonna have a meeting with Lord Vader. And so I'm gonna look Lord Vader right in the eye. I don't know what happened there. I will say this I like this Vader scene better than the end Vader scene.
1: Interesting.
3: Because this is a Vader character scene that is integrated into this story. And it whereas- fits with the actual
2: plot, unlike the second Vader scene.
3: Whereas the Vader scene in, at the end was clearly it felt like an addition to me. We'll talk it's about it. We'll talk about, it. we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it when yeah. we get there.
1: The Tom. point I'm re-watching it as we do this, it's because the Vader point is this powerful, like strong armed point down at Leia he's when tall. he's doing it. And I'm watching it right now as we speak. I have this pulled up. Yeah. He's going like this.
3: Yeah, he's doing gun he's doing gun He's fingers. doing
1: he's got he's got like a little flick in the wrist that's like <laughs> so again silly. he's sassy oh so, he's it's so sassy silly. why is vader sassy because wasn't been. sassy vader is not sassy sage
0: just had to point it out oh you know? another, another classic vader move tim getty's just did it everybody <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 got puns like vader scene. i think it's great <laughs> the only thing that i'm like do i love it or hate it is the choke on your aspirations line yeah and it's the type of thing that makes me go ha! Ah, But I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, you know? I don't know that Darth Vader should ever be making me do that.
3: (laughs) No, for sure. I think Vader's allowed to have a little fun with this guy. I don't know.
2: Yeah, um, I don't he's mind usually, it as like, much. He's usually like this, maybe not to the extent of the choke on your aspirations, but to imperial officers, it's like the the Gordon Ramsay where he's very caring yeah. to uh, you know the kids, but then when it's like Hell's Kitchen and it's these people who say they're the best of the best and he's a complete asshole, like that's who he is to his imperial officers, yeah. where he's like. Y'all are supposed to be a fucking part of the Empire, but I see you guys failing over and over again. I'm going to kill y'all left and right in uh, Empire.
3: Strength I'll say band, this. You know? Here's what i am saying. He goes,
1: what are you? An idiot sandwich. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. yes. I'll, I'll say this. The only part that I thought was weird was that he moonwalks out after he delivers the line. <laughs> I thought that was strange. Like, he's so proud of himself that he moonwalks out. I thought that was strange and they didn't need to leave it in. Meanwhile... Back on on, uh, Yavin Four, we are uh, the the rebellion council. Just cannot agree on anything right now. Are we at war? Do we want to be at war? We better not be at war. Is Jin lying? Let the girl speak. Does this really exist? And if it does exist, what do we do? Let the girl speak. Listen. And if they if they do have what they're proposing, do they fight it? What is their course of action? And Jin uh, Jin tells him, we got to do it. We got to do it. Send your best soldiers to Scarif. Rebellions are built on hope. We got to do this. And Mon Mothma's like, baby, you know I want to do this. Mon Mothma's like, baby, you know all I've wanted to do for for fucking 30 years is fucking blow this shit up. Are we
2: doing this or are we not doing this?
1: Not Uh, doing this.
2: (laughs) The rebellion just killed her dad. They doubt her. And her validity, and she's suddenly this beaming light to try to inspire them. My note I have yeah. written here, I get where they wanted to go with her story, but it's so cram uh, packed in a two-hour movie with so many other moving parts that her character arc uh, feels rushed. Instead of a gradual reawakening into the person she's meant to be, she goes from her closed-off character to her leadership one so quickly it feels like a 180 and is unreal earned this is how i felt since honestly the first time i saw the movie and i still feel it to this day and again i think it would have been better if it was a disney plus series but again i get it disney plus wasn't around back
3: even even a line or two in this soliloquy that that said something like i have you know i have less reason to believe in you than anybody but i know how important this is you know what i mean something along those lines that could have gone in that soliloquy I think would have gone a long way, but, uh, unfortunately they don't, they don't like her. They don't like her soliloquy more than y'all do. And they say, get fucked. Um, and so she walks away to get fucked. Um, and and this is
2: also uh, taken this as well.
3: I will say, I will say out of this whole scene, do you know who I love? I love a calamari. I love fucking Raddus. You knew it was yeah. going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I love him because oh, is in.
2: Because he's also like, he's also like let's this. go. And like uh, later on when uh, they're like, oh, he already left. Him and his team left. They're already <laughs> they're on their way to going fight. Going, um, yeah. The other problem <laughs> Raddus, is.
3: Raddus fucking snuck out. He got with, into his fishbowl and with fucked her,
2: off. With her soliloquy, that's kind of like them bookending. The character arcs are done. Now we're going to mm. go fight the bad guy. And we are an hour and 17 minutes into this movie, man. Yeah, we, 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 we wrapped up character arcs in an hour and
3: 17 there's still, minutes, there's man. More arc, there's more arc and to do. There's more arc Arkin to do. Where? Oh, is is happening where?
2: Is happening where? All they, and they do is out. die. Go die. It. The last act is this, all right, I'm going to go die. That's it. The last act is fighting and dying. But they do it so dying.
0: well. They die no, so they beautifully. No, they don't. No, one of them do. dies they from die an explosion,
2: die. and then 30 seconds later, a guy looks over, and he's like, oh, man, my friend probably died in that explosion. Oh, I died in an explosion. It's repetitive. It's lame. The one I cared about most was K2SO because, again, war, baby. Alan Tudyk, war. goat, absolutely goaded. All right, uh, also calm down. We're not even scene, there. We're not there yet. Scene, We're not
3: there yet. Calm down. More telling,
2: uh, not showing with this final Cassian speech before yep. they leave the base. Sorry, go ahead. Right.
3: So first of all, uh, first of all, shout out to the uh, call over the intercom for General Syndulla. Uh The Rebels are on the premises. The Ghost is in multiple shots in this film. Uh, was, uh,
2: and Chopper was supposed to be in this, Chopper is right? here. Oh, no, he, and I, know I always chopper, miss him. I know I that al- Chopper's
3: in it. Do you know why I know? They used our Chopper. They used the Star Wars show Chopper. Yeah. Because there was no, there was so no live cool. action Chopper. So they were like, you built so one, sick. right? Um, so shout out to, um, shout out to Mike, Michael McMasters and Mike Senna who built the live action chopper for us. And then we lent it to Disney studios. You're welcome. Disney studios. (laughs) And now
1: we must talk about my least favorite star Wars trope, which is star Wars being real bad at explaining how they got their name. We have oh you're alone, solo, Han Solo, we have I'm like Ray Ray Star Wars. We have all of these occasions like in which moment. this happens. I hate it every single time. And this what's one your is, call what's the number, name? Sage? It's Rogue. Rogue, rogue 1. There is no
2: Rogue.
1: <laughs> rogue
2: 1. And it's what? And it's so weird there too. There is now. Okay. And, but but there is, still isn't. Even at the, I'm pretty sure Anthony you'll, uh, at the beginning of episode 4 oh there it. is no Rogue squadron. Luke is part of Red squadron, bro. And I don't yep. think they call for Rogue squadron. Rogue squadron isn't a thing until Empire, I'm pretty sure, cuz that's Luke leading Rogue squadron.
3: Look, if you okay, so here's the thing. If if you're it's part lame. of Rogue 1, and you all, and the entire squadron dies. You're probably not going to line up to be part of Rogue Squadron. It probably took a couple years before people were like, "Okay, that let's was call cool our squadron one. Rogue Squadron to honor the people who fell." You don't want the day after all of Rogue Squadron dies. You don't want to be like, "Hey, congratulations, you're promoted
0: to That's the head of fair. Rogue Squadron." It's still a lame oh, moment, on Titanic though. Titanic
1: too. Oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> Titanic too. Put me on.
1: I just, why is that how they got their name? Why is it? It's always not? the same cadence of, uh-oh, I don't have an answer for this. You've asked me a question that has put me on the spot. And I go, uh, here's half of it. And then the other half.
0: See, my well, thing is,
1: I, okay, I'm with you, but I, I don't will think say, it's great. No,
0: no, no, this I will doesn't say, bother me in a way the other two, I think, are actually bad choices.
3: Okay, listen. yeah, Ray Skywalker, I'm still trying Terrible. to wrap my head around. I don't, I don't, I don't. Unearthed. But- Han Solo being like, "I'm alone," and then somebody at immigration and and signing up for the military goes, "Great, so your name's Solo." Um,
1: my, one of my least favorite choices in Star Wars history. I Period. actually really, Period I actually really stop. love it. I don't I really. love I am mean, I'm, I'm somewhere in the
2: middle. I get what they were going for. It. I still think the cadence and delivery of it wasn't great.
3: One of the, the reason I love had. it is I know specifically that the Kazdens wrote it as like a metaphor for people after world war ii coming in through immigration and just having their names changed having their like names given to them being like congratulations you're part of the army congratulations you live in america now this is your name because we don't care here's your gun go fight Uh, and i do like han
0: solo though when he like that that happens with with my fiance gia's family and she no Mm -hmm. longer uses that last name yeah but han solo because he doesn't know his last the rest name. Of his. But he's, he's like, you know what? Dope enough. I'm gonna stick with it to the point that people just refer to me as Solo. You know but what? Also, I just convinced myself it's pretty fucking cool. Pretty fucking well, cool. Yeah. Changing my cool. last name to Solo. Deal it.
3: Cause also, come on, the space loner's last name is Solo. That's not his name. Yeah. he gave himself that was that always name. a fake name. Giving
1: himself that name would have been cool as shit. I'm cool with it being a fake name. I don't think that needs to be his birth name. Welcome I just think he to, could have gotten it in a way cooler way.
3: Welcome to Solo: A Star Wars Story rewatch.
2: No, um, no I can't. I can't do that conversation on top of this one. All I'll say is when they 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 leave, I I forget why I wrote this down. And it's a very important note. Uh, Jimmy Smits is so good. I forget Jimmy where is <laughs> so good. she's so good. I think it's the moment where he's like, oh, I'm going to uh, or maybe it's maybe it's. I would later. trust
3: her with my life. Yes, I would trust her with my life. Yes, it's my freaking daughter. And she's the most capable person in the entire galaxy.
1: Love that. Wonderful, fantastic. I wrote that down as one of my favorite moments. I love um, Bail Organa, and I think Bail Organa is precious and perfect.
3: Just more Bail Organa at all times. I do like, now, I do like the whole Cassian thing saying, we've all done terrible things for the Rebellion. It's time to make Necessary. good. Or if we've all done these terrible things, why aren't you allowed to do this thing that you wanted? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do like that a little bit. And I do like that I'm not used to people sticking around when things go bad. Welcome home. That's kind of nice. Yeah, That's a nice exchange. Um, so let's talk about Scarif, the number one vacation destination
0: in the galaxy. One of Scarif? the most
2: unique live action planets we've seen. And I, I adore it.
0: I, I think it's literally so it's really dope. It's a Mario Kart track. And they're like, fuck it, we're doing it. And I appreciate that Koopa they did. It's Beach. Yep. It's beautiful. I would go, listen, you get the feeling that
3: before the Empire was there to build all their secrets, it was a pretty dope place to go. Um... So I do love. There's a there's another K2 line that I put out where it's like where they're trying to get in. And it's like, well, this ship is an imperial ship, so it should have a call sign, and we should be able to get in. Uh, well, what if the code doesn't work? It's like, oh, then we all die in the cold vacuum of space. And K2's like, not me. I can survive. <laughs> I'm <in space."> good. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, this is where you start seeing that there are multiple versions of this edit where Jin and Cassian became more of a love story in act three. There's a moment where she walks by him on the bridge and they give this little look to each other. That's like,
2: what's the weird, more retroactive love story, this one or the, the trio love story in revenge of the Sith with Obi-Wan, Anakin and, uh, Padme.
1: Interesting. I thought you were gonna say uh Ray and Finn with the comparison.
2: Oh, and Ray and Obi- Finn. <sighs> but which Obi-Wan is just Zuko was- and uh, Katara, but not nearly as well done.
3: But Obi-Wan didn't know he was in that. Like that was like Obi-Wan wasn't <laughs> like
1: yeah. Obi-Wan wasn't there. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, I think Obi-Wan was maybe the only one there. I we'll get into that another time. <laughs> uh, I agree that this is weird. Um, I understand that moment on the beach where it feels kind of romantic and we'll get to that later. But at this time, I'm just like, why now? In the yeah. moment you're about to die, everything becomes romantic. I'll kiss whoever's around me if I'm about to die, 100%. Sure. But, but at I, this moment, this little like, yeah. uh-oh, am I in love with you? But yeah. the thing that Unearthed. because they
3: cut any romantic stuff that did or would happen out, you do get a vibe between the two of them. Like it could be romantic, but it could also be like we're just hey, two people we're, going tr- to our we death. We trust each other. Yeah. We trust each other now and we're doing this. We're both on board. We're in this shit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and there's
0: no
2: turning back. And again, in, in this moment, this is where I wrote down my note of like all of them, not just uh, Jin and Cassian, the rest of them, you feel it where it's like they. They have a good idea that they're going to their death here. Uh, you know, she gives the speech of make 10 feel like 100, which is absolutely absurd. Uh, I, I think the other reason on a character level it doesn't work for me is that, again, like I said earlier, you are constantly have on your mind that these people are going to die. Even in the scene, they know that they're uh, they're going into their death. It's always looming, and you don't get enough time to fall in love with anybody With the characters to forget about that. And like I said earlier, uh, I I think maybe before the show or at the beginning of the show, Star Wars Rogue One is Halo Reach. And the reason Halo Reach works so well is because that is Uh a nine-hour game where you spend a good six and a half hours before Mm -hmm. any character dies. And the first character on your team that dies comes out of nowhere. They're sniped so nonchalantly. And then you're rudely waking up to these characters that you fell in love with for the first two-thirds of the, the story that, like, oh, right, they no, have to die.
3: That, yeah, no, that's yeah. interesting. I completely disagree.
2: Um, so
3: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, fight,
1: fight, fight, fight. here we
3: are uh, during the big fight uh, after the big speech. Um, I do like good luck little sister is a, is, a, is a line that always sticks out to me here from Bays to Jin. Um, I don't know why. I don't uh, know how it They didn't about it.
1: earn that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Like all it, the others, they didn't earn that. And they tried to put in one that was like, we're family. And it's like, since when? There's a lot we've of stuff. We've known each other for like, like seven a, hours. A single, like siblings a, And like it could be seven hours if we've seen them develop that dynamic real quick. They yeah. barely interacted.
3: There's a lot of stuff that, that that y'all don't that y'all don't like about these about these relationships that I'm that I kind of let pass, but there's something about that line where I'm where I'm with you where I'm like that line the little sister because it never comes up before little sister is a that's a big that's a big term to give to somebody in a moment
1: if he um, had said friend that already would have been a big swing because it's the first time you're acknowledging that I view you as a friend. And I think mm-hmm. it would have had an impact that was cool. It would be like, I want you to know in this moment that I am your friend and that communicates a level of trust and that I'm here for you and that I care about you. Um, but it's still new. Like, now, what if I told you friends is news? What if
3: I told you in the first draft he calls her sugar bear?
2: Are you no. fucking kidding me? No, is that real. No. No, it's not real. No, uh, it's
3: not real.
0: No.
1: I was Why so scared. I believed you. I do, but trusted but that's you. That's something that I would have seen, man. truck and then all of a
0: sudden, <laughs> no integrity. i <laughs> <all>
1: so mad. Because <laughs> I was after I've gotten that script. Woman walks in tits
0: <laughs> sugar man <laughs> oh i With love it i love enough. you so much What?
1: this is your dad so
3: <laughs> so they're heading into the uh so they're heading into the base now uh Jin and uh Jin and cassian are in their cool imperial uniforms there's something I love the that's always just so cool yes there's something so cool about a rebel in an imperial uniform like imperial uniforms, I think look good on everybody. But when you know it's not a
2: bad guy wearing it, and you're it's like, wait, wait, nut, nudge, nudge. you like, Another premise of this movie was the kind of like espionage, we're infiltrating, and we barely get any of it. I wanted more, man. Like the yeah. even them just sneaking into the base, I wish we could have like stayed in those moments a little more. I think somewhere in here too, we get another chef's kiss uh, shot of Krennic, because he's also coming. He's also coming to Scarif to find out about these uh, Galen Erso leaks. His ship flying through the kind of, like, wing of the Star Destroyer. Oh, yeah. is yes. so dope, and, like, kind of gives, like, the urgency and, like, I don't give a shit how closely I fly to another ship. Like, I'm more important. I'm the most important. And also seeing the, the force field entrance, which I feel like is something that, up until now in live action Star Wars, like media, we had not really seen, and I, I yeah. just love that whole concept and it kind of being the centerpiece for the dogfighting later on. It's so the
3: shield good. gate is the shield gate is a very very clever device to 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 use story device and also just a clever device if you need to protect a planet. So we have um we have everybody on here. One of the things that I like is that K two has a different walk cycle and cadence than the other Imperial droids. When you see another imperial droid walk by he looks like a robot but k2 walks like a person um so they have this uh there's a little thing that i want to shout out there are some stormtroopers that are talking about stuff as they're setting up the charges and they say the t-15s have been marked obsolete it's about time this is something that is a joke between everybody in the loop group that plays stormtroopers particularly happens a lot between David Collins and Sam Witwer when they play Stormtroopers. And they always talk about the T-15, the T-16. I hear the T-17s are coming out. And it's just this dumb joke that they do in every movie because they've always done it. It's from the original trilogy, like somebody says it. But now they do it in every movie and they make sure they increment the number correctly according to where you are in the timeline. That's and great. they just do it off the cuff and it's just a fun little thing. Yeah. Um. So... Director, what brings you to Scarif? You know, I'm going to find everything that Galen Urso did. Uh, then we have, like, we need a map. Uh, and I love that droids hacking things, which is called slicing in the Star Wars universe. They don't hack. They slice. So cool. Um, I like that it looks like the lockpicking minigame from something Bethesda would
0: make oh my every God. time. A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's always
2: like,
3: that's how they get data. And I love it. I love how Um, much
0: shit in Star Wars is just because, well, that's how it was before. It's like R2, little droid thing, did the little thing. That's how droids communicate with other machines now. It's like, all right, cool. And it looks cool. And why would we change it? Exactly. It looks cool. It's the same thing with the Jedis. It's like, oh, they wear the robes. Why? Well, they wore them on Tatooine in episode four. So I guess they all wear robes. It's like, yeah, sure. That
3: shouldn't. Well, that shouldn't. But, um. (laughs) So uh, the distraction charges are blown as Krennic is telling everybody that he wants all of the all of the logs that Galen Erso ever said ever in the history of ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and- and I love
2: this the panning shot right, and you get like the it's behind his back, and you see him kind of like slowly react to each explosion going off. And again, this is specifically where I wrote my note of like I would have loved to have a series to see more of his career built up. So this moment where he's like. I've had my plans taken away from me. Daddy Vader is, like, on the edge with me. All of the like, this is my door. last time to, like, fix something. And it's mm-hmm. the rugs pulled out from under him. I would have, I would have, I think this moment would have hit a little bit more if we had spent a little bit more time with it. But I still, in its yeah. own right, I and think Nelson. it's still a great, the way he reacts and the way he yells yeah. at everybody immediately. it's It's a really cool moment.
3: Mendels- Mendelssohn plays it beautifully. Um, I love it. We we cut to Tarkin, and it's it's really funny because you see even behind the cold CGI's of Tarkin, you see that he's like, he's willing to let Scarif and Krennic go down. Yeah, he's willing to lose. You can tell that he's kind of willing to lose Scarif, uh,
2: yeah. because he's, he's like, tired oh, that's of where Krennic. all the secrets are too, right?
3: Yeah. he's Fucking like, hmm, blow those up. Well, let's get rid of those secrets. Let's get rid of this guy that's a pain in my ass. And uh, let's see what happens from there. I don't know. I'm made of computers. Uh, <laughs> now, when they find out that the, like, the Imperial ship is gone and that uh, Radis is gone and everybody's gone, they cut to a really lovely shot of Mon Mothma smiling that I really enjoy. Like when it's like, well, we gotta we gotta scramble the fleet to join them on Scarif. We have no choice now. And Mon Mothma's like, yes, yes. begun this Star War has.
0: It's great. Uh,
3: she's great. So I can't wait really...
0: for us to get more of her. I know.
3: Oh, she's so good. We also get our R two and three PO uh, compulsory uh, appearance, which I enjoy. Yes. Um, when they break into the Imperial Records Chamber, I love the. 2001 a space odyssey stanley kubrick fucking clean mid-century fucking there's no reason for the visual metaphor of this for data but i love it everything about this is not like it's this giant tower core of data right and in order to retrieve the drive and the files that you want you don't just tell it like hey man get me this drive you have to grab this like ufo grabber the cr- game the of game. handle. <laughs> yeah and you've got to like maneuver it and it's just this very physical star wars thing that i love
0: they're like okay it's going to be the most space odyssey design thing we've ever seen in star wars but who's going to design the top part at the Mm. top of the ladder bowser himself <laughs> We're gonna make sure that yeah. we have a death trap where the little hole just has to slice you every second. Well, it, it, it's like through. the it's like the city we in this. It, it, it always though.
2: remember. It reminds me of the the city in the clouds where Luke is trying to like get up and there's that like thing that yeah. uh, that trap door that uh, that goes in and out. Uh, I forget so like funny. where yeah. in here like the fleet's kind of coming. Um, I I, I forgot Don't about. Don't worry, the old, I got you. Okay, I got you. Okay. I know exactly but also, where when you, when you're talking about the um them going into the files room, she gave K 2s a blaster! Look at that character growth. Now her character it's, arc's done. Now she gave him a blast. It's complete. Everybody, it's complete. Now she can go off and die because um, you know that's always been in the back of our. They heads. can all die.
3: Everybody gets a blaster and then they get to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I want to say that while everybody is fighting on sort of the uh, on sort of the ground here on Scarif, and the Blue Squadron led by Merrick manages to get in before the gate closes. I love Merrick. Merrick is a dope yeah. character. Um, Because he's just that cool British mustache rebel guy. Yeah, Um,
2: also really great 70s casting there. Yeah, 70s yes. casting yeah. super
3: great gold leader and red leader are meant to be the same ones that they are in uh in a new hope which I like is lovely that.
2: I, that's like a, the old footage that they kind of like repurposed and stuff like that i that yeah. kind of stuff i like that that i thought yeah, was that like was fun. that got me in the feels a little bit just here uh the, the the dorky red uh red leader going or red five where are you going there and of course yeah oh red five red five that red five's gotta go yeah yeah you gotta go replace him who um who knows. Also,
3: I want to say that when they're fighting the walker that comes out and somebody says carabast at, at that's Steve Bloom. Mm-hmm. So the oh! reason he says Carabast is because that's that's his
0: thing that his character
3: says in Rebels. Yes. Um, also, another of-
0: incredible shot of this thing coming from yes. the trees.
3: Yes. The fight on the the fight on the beach is one. I mean, this is war movie, and this is the first time we've really seen war movie i mean we have the battle at hoth right we've had you know some other stuff going on but this really feels like Mm -hmm. a classic war movie or even like a modern michael bay sort of war movie right like this is directed to be we are storming the beach at normandy and it really looks that way
2: and I, i i like uh just with like little lore stuff here just thinking about Timeline and stuff. I I like that these look like proto uh type uh at ads, and I like how Mm -hmm. easily they're taken out by X wings, which is like you can kind of put the connection a connective tissue together where it's like, oh, there might be a little bit of like data building that they got from this fight where they're like, yeah, oh those at ads got taken out super easily. So by the time we get to Hoth and Empire, they're beefed up baby, and they can take an X wing. They don't give a fuck because they got a shield generator baby. But I
3: love the uh, – I love Bayes Baze finds a big, big rocket, and he's so happy that he found a big rocket, and he shoots the big rocket, and the Adats just like, no, I'm still coming. So I'm that shot too, though,
0: it did the Undertaker thing from WWE mm-hmm. where it's like he it gets like, punched mm-hmm. and he just like looks back at you and it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I do want to say as they're going through project names and they're looking for the right – uh, the right Feed it to me, baby.
0: Name. I love shit like this. And The, the moment we're in this place, like, Oh, they got so many secrets. Which ones are they going to tell us?
3: So, I mean, they do say things like black saber. They do say some other stuff, but none of that's been like one-to-one. I can tell you some things that are one-to-one, uh, are the project names stellar sphere, Mark Omega and PAX Aurora. Those are different sub projects that were related to the death star that were talked about in the prequel novel catalyst which is a good novel if you haven't read it. Um, and then Galen's weapon system had the codename Celestial Power. That was the specific system that Galen was working on. Um, so, yeah, there's some fun stuff for you. Uh, K2, of course, dies holding off the Imperials and is like, hey, if you can crawl up the very tall
2: ladder.
3: Climb! <laughs> Climb! You... Yeah, but I also just love the thing where he's like, where the... Where the Troopers come in, and he's like, oh, the Rebels went that way. And it's like, hey, K2, what's going on? He's like, all right. And then he just beats stormtroopers to death with other stormtroopers. <laughs> and the way
0: that the droid is designed, that his arms are just so long, Linky. like it just looks great. Yeah. Again, K2SO, uh,
2: rest in peace, the homie. Shout out to him one time. Yeah. Uh, his, his death is the most uh, uh, heartbreaking Emotional. for me. And I think, again... Yep. Shout out to the Chirton one and Bays. only Alan Tudyk, who gives a great yeah. performance. It's just the the way he says goodbye and just smashes his body down. That like that moment is just is great.
3: Absolutely. It's a, I a agree. Most one.
1: impactful death in the movie.
2: Cheerit
3: and Bays do it the most for me, but I I definitely I, I, I will see agree on
1: them it. as well. I think they're up there. It um, should be Cassian and Jin. <laughs>
3: Yeah, speaking of which, uh, everybody's off doing their thing. I mean, at this point, Bodhi's trying to connect to the tower to get the message out. They gave Bodhi
2: something to do. Oh, my God.
3: (laughs) He's got to get there. Um, Hi, Bodhi. He's trying to to connect everything up to the Master Switch. But, yo, how do we get to the Master Switch? Well, only a man who can walk with the Force can get to the Master Switch because there's a lot of shooting happening. Uh, The Force is with me, and I am one with the Force. Uh, Chirrut Imwe walks out fucking get it dude and just immediately hits that switch uh and then gets it and then baze goes out because he's like absolutely not Mm. uh meanwhile here in this tiny tiny uh, shaft where everybody's climbing krennic gets to the shaft we've got blasters firing krennic's a pretty good shot in all honesty he's a better Mm -hmm. shot than most imperials are yeah like krennic hits things krennic hits (laughs) Cassian.
2: yeah yeah, Oh, does. I hate that moment, man. I, I and the, way the he, fake like, out death. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like how vi- like vitriolic it is. The fall too. Like he, sh- he should have died there. That should have been a nonchalant death because the more a film treats it nonchalantly, I feel like the more it's like tragic for the viewer. Where it's like, oh my god, he just kind of died like a like he was just a a dude and not the protagonist of a movie yeah and that's uh, i felt like that moment would have been so heartbreaking and yeah him coming back to just die with Jin, i felt like lessened that moment 100 percent.
3: yeah it's interesting i like it as the i like it as sort of the the closing of their story of of trusting and protecting each other but i get what you're saying that could have happened also in the okay, shaft. Thank there. God,
2: I thought you set it up where you're like, "That's interesting." I completely disagree, and then you started. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um,
3: but you know, as they're climbing up uh, and they're trying to get through, uh, they finally get through to Radis, who's just fucking dope as shit. Radis was so so fucking hard. dope. Um, you know, tie tie fighters like like how many tie fighters are coming out of this shield ring? Like there are a hundred tie fighters in this shield gate. They're blowing Mm. up everybody, and they get this thing that's like, hey, if you can open up this shield, I promise you, we've got everything you need to win this thing. And Radis goes, I got plans. I got an
0: idea.
2: Where's the hammerhead shit? (laughs) I love –
3: this is such a good – like, I just love it. I love this full sequence. I love the idea. Because this is the most
2: Flash Gordon-ass, like, moment in the Star Wars.
3: Yes. But also, it's just like, it feels like last-ditch effort, real kind of military stuff. Like, well, okay, well, if we can push this truck off of this ravine, like, we can hit, you know what I mean? It's the moment
2: from the Flash Gordon movie where, uh, I forget the character name, where he's like, you can't live forever, dive! And we're like, (laughs) Radish is just like... Give me the fucking hammerhead. Smash it into the Star It's so fucking dope. And just the shot of the hammerhead going into the Star Destroyer later where the Star Destroyer just wrecks shop of the other one just so easily. It's a great shot. Both of them crashing into the the force field, which is very reminiscent of Mm -hmm. uh, the one that crashes into Vader, starts the uh, uh, Star Destroyer in um, Jedi. Fucking sick. It's sick as hell.
3: Uh, unfortunately to get that message out, uh, Bodhi, uh, became some, uh, some thermal detonator fodder. This is for um, you, Galen. Uh, cool. so that's kind of a bummer. Cool. And we used Sweet. to say, we used to say, uh, Bodhi Rook died for your gins in the office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did.
1: Okay, um, very good.
3: Thank you. Uh, so i also love here that as they are uh you know we talked about the galaxy quest scene where jin has got to get through like the the fucking chomper bits um i also just love imperial and star wars ui and i want to talk about how when you plug this big data cartridge in there's a little there's a little door that closes and then there's like it's not just like from zero to 100 on a single bar. It's Star Wars. It's chunks of 15 different bars of data that are moving at different speeds. And I just, because why not? Why not just make things look cool? Um, so she gets a notice to uh, reset antenna alignment because nobody's walked out onto a catwalk yet in the Star Wars um somebody has to walk out onto a very thin catwalk to end the star yes. and so Jin does it and she turns around and who's there it's orson krennic um and they have a very good back and forth who are you he does oh, the you Than- like he did this
2: before thanos does where he's like i don't even know who you are <laughs>
3: yeah yeah like who even are you causing me all this trouble trouble i, I, like, I, oh, I, you know I honestly I
2: love this moment because like he it's great he he sees his career and uh, his livelihood in the in the system fall apart, and the entire time he's just kind yeah. of like oh. he's he's thought of it as like random happenstance of like oh my god these weird little bugs that are like keep coming after me, but then to like actually have it face to face where yeah you know, she his gets blustering to
3: tell him is his blustering is amazing. All I've lost is time. The yeah. shield like like the shield is closed. You haven't transmitted anything. All I've lost is time. You're gonna die along with this rebellion, and then there's Cassian. Um, there, he uh, there, he the, uh, there he is, and the there he is, and they did that, and they, they shot. He shoots Krennic, and she's about to like just go off on Krennic, which like, I mean, let her get one shot in on. I know. Krennic.
2: You know he's what like, I mean? At he's this like, point? no, you're too good for that. Come on, let's go. I shot him already.
3: Well, I think maybe at this point they feel like maybe they're still getting out of there. They're going to help people. But then the Death Star appears on the horizon. Oh, uh, no. Tarkin it has looming, showed up. Yeah, it
2: looming, just like in the, the horizon shot, also very cool, very wallpapery uh, uh, worthy there. But also my favorite shot in this movie. I've hmm. already talked about the other Death Star shots. All the best shots involve the Death Star in this movie. Okay. The one with Krennic, looking up as he's about to die, at the the thing that his entire career was built on, looking back down on him, about to destroy yep. him, fucking amazing Gold. visual storytelling. That... Would
3: you say, God, that he choked on his aspirations, Barrett?
2: Hey, Vader was right, Anthony. He Anthony, a hundred percent.
3: He kind of did. Um, I will say, as they're coming down from the Citadel Tower, uh, there was definitely, uh, I remember hearing about, and I think, I think they even talked about it, there was a shot in that elevator where Jin and Cassian kiss, and I'm glad that they took that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did not need to be romantic, and I'm glad that they decided, you know, shoot it both ways, see how it feels. Sure. But I'm glad that they decided it didn't need that because it really me didn't. Too. The two friends holding hands at the end of the world, knowing that, that they did the right thing, is so much more powerful to me than, you know, and maybe we could have been space boyfriend and space girlfriend. <laughs> 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 um, and then, of course, we get Radis, who is just like, man, I can't believe they pulled it off. May the force those be crazy, with you, Rogue Those one. crazy
2: kids down there. Rest in yeah. peace, Rogue One. Rogue One. You were a real one.
3: Rat us out. <laughs>
2: um, I just wanted the shot where they're all like, all right, we did the damn thing. Let's get the fuck out of here. My note here is I'm more sad about the rebel ship that crashed into Vader's ship than I am about the crew dying. There's hope Woo! that they can actually get away, and it's ripped away from us. It, we're, they're about to go into hyperspace, and it just crashes into Ooh. Vader's like it's nothing oh, that i yeah. think is more tragic storytelling about a group of people you don't even fucking know who's on that <laughs> shit and i'm I like, like even oh, less character
0: development i do oh. like that
3: because like vader shows up and they're like prepare for hyperspace and they're just like okay we're prepared oh no yeah. oh, we just oh dear that's how you, you do that. that
2: that's it's you see so about like 30
3: percent of that fleet goes out before they get to jump oh yeah which is, is amazing and then we get to the sequence that I think the majority of people say is their favorite part of this movie. I think most people will tell you that this is the scene that really sells Rogue One for them. And it's what they, what they went to the theater for, Um, which no shade because I think this is the first time in live action we see Vader the way he appears in our minds. Because when you think about original trilogy and fight choreography and stuff, it was very simplistic fight choreography. We also didn't have the, uh, the extent of the force powers that we had you know, with the prequels and the sequels and the cartoons. There is something really amazing about seeing Vader wreck shop in a way that he always did in my head when I was a kid.
2: If this was a scene in and of by itself, Or in a different movie that made more sense for Mm -hmm. Vader to be there, like even even like not talking about its relation to the rest of the movie. This is one of this is the coolest scene in all of Star Wars. It's so frightening. It's like the the power of just his lightsaber turning on in the dark, showing him and his like his entire just scary entity is so powerful and just like the nonchalant where you see the background where he's got the guy force held up to the ceiling just slashes him while he's still walking away Oof, it is so those... fucking good but here's my I... no here's... wait wait, wait. Mm. i've
3: got i've got those background lights on my tv
2: that's cool and the mm-hmm. first
3: thing i watched with those background lights on yes. my tv was sage was... sage i think you were there yeah, that day i was you?
2: That's so we, cool. Like I, I, I haven't, haven't done, done that. I haven't. Stage. I didn't have and my backlight like, TV, uh, my, my uh, lights on for Rogue One. I should go back and watch that. Oh no! That
0: scene. I was like, Hugh put out stats that this is the most watched Hugh Sink. Really? That is So awesome <laughs> that's that there is so
1: funny. That makes that's, sense. Yeah. Like swing yeah. the lightsaber light, yeah. up, yeah. like that's unmatched. And um, I do love that he fights.
3: He fights like original trilogy Vader fights. It's one hand. It's heavy slashes. There's none of the like acrobatic stuff. He's just very much like, I'm going to pull this. I'm going to throw this. I'm going to slice mm-hmm. you in half. You have a little thing that I want. You better give it to me because I'm coming. Yeah. I'm coming for it. Yeah. All your stupid helmets. I'm coming. But
2: here's my problem. What's here's your my problem. problem? The end quickly shifts and moves on from the tragic end of these characters. What this movie mm-hmm. was supposed to be about was the, this yep. group of characters that come together. You fall in love with. And this is... No, I've said this before, no shade. And I, you know, a lot of people worked on this movie. There were a lot of rewrites. There were a lot of uh, cuts, a lot of re-edits and stuff like that, a lot of reshoots. So I don't know, like, what the original intentions were for the ending of this scene. And, you know, I'm a big, dumb idiot who's never written a Star Wars before. So you have that. But my takeaway from this, if you felt confident enough with how you left your main character's at the end of a movie that's about these characters, you wouldn't mm-hmm. quickly shift to a scene that diminishes the end of those characters. Mm-hmm. They and I, I, I and I get the powerful. I, I get yeah. the 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 uh, powerful hype that Darth Vader brings, and them transitioning into Episode Four. But there's a way to do that. Without leaving the emotional turmoil that you just left, again, like Halo Reach, where you get kind of the tease of the beginning of Halo 1 and you're like, holy shit, that's cool. But now I'm so sad because of everything no. we just lost. So, Whereas I, I feel like the, is there a the way world? that they quickly transition to yeah. this, it's just like, it's diminishing and I think it doesn't respect the characters.
3: Let me ask you this. Is there a world, do you think, where uh, data gets transmitted? Stuff gets sent. We see most. We see most of the crew. We see most of the crew die. We see that the Death Star is coming up. We see Vader. Mm-hmm. Okay. We see the Death Star begin the laser. We see Vader go after the plans, lose the plans. Then we see Jin and Cassian. Do you think? But then, that's- how do we
2: transition to Leia and
3: saying oh, it's we hope?
1: We don't. We <laughs> don't. Because we know she gets it.
2: And I and you know, I, give, and I almost get from a marketing perspective what this does as well, where she's yeah. like, we got hope. And then even – I remember first week we came out uh, – first week it came out, the first time I watched it, I was like, let's go home and watch episode four. Like I get that that's what they're trying to do. But again, even at the time when there was no streaming service where you could like get data and numbers of like let's get yeah. everybody to subscribe to our streaming service to all watch oh, episode but four can right I tell now. You,
3: no, but can I tell you something about that last part? Because we're going to talk about CG Leia right now, but – Can I tell you about that last part? Go on. I know so many people, and there were tests. They did screen tests, and they did test audiences, and I've chatted with people who aren't big Star Wars fans. (laughs) There are people that literally understood what was going on the moment they saw Leia. There are people, because remember, this is a billion-dollar movie. There are people that kind of understood what was going on, and then when they saw Leia, they went, Oh, oh, this is right before the first one. And there were a lot of people that did that. And that, that ending with Leia is not just, you know, hey, this is cool because, like, Leia's fucking cool. Um, it's also cool because it did explain this to people. I, I, think um, you,
2: I think you could have done it still with the shot of the ship that they're on. Yeah. I think if you had recreated the same shot that you see of that ship for the first time in episode four, if you recreated that shot as they leave and escape Vader, I think you could have still done that without- I'll even meet you in the
1: middle. Mm -hmm. I'll even meet you in the middle on these because I do understand that there is a non-Star like Wars fanatical audience that this has to appeal to, even though I don't think Rogue One did. I think Rogue Mm -hmm. One was really for the Star Wars boys, and I don't see a lot of people that are just like, yeah, I see Star Wars movies when they're around, and my friends are seeing Star Wars movies being like, hell yeah, Rogue One. But that's besides the point. I'll meet you in the middle. And I'm going to say, just don't have her turn around. Just don't show her face. Just don't show her face. Have her receive it. See the hood. See the edges of the buns sticking out a little bit. Hear the voice and have her take the plan.
2: Sage, what if we doubled down and (laughs) brought back CG Leia for Uh a little movie we like to call Rise Rise of Ray Skywalker?
1: (laughs) Just show me. Just give me a close up on that mouth. Because that's, again, the part where they've gotten the weirdest. And I don't know what it is with what Star Wars mouths. what does that CG mouth,
3: mouth do? But that <laughs> CG <laughs> mouth
1: is doing some weird shit that I do not like. Um, that I think was a little tough. I think if you just showed from the back, it would have been a lot more tasteful. Especially given Carrie Fisher. I just think... Yes.
3: But remember, we had not we had not lost Carrie. We hadn't yeah, lost yeah, Carrie Fisher that, yet. I, but I, I, even
1: I, as respecting her as a living woman that gave, mm-hmm. like, one of the most now iconic she gave her permission. characters...
3: They had to give her. She had to give her permission. That's not what
1: I'm saying. I'm saying respect to the character that she built and the person that she is. It's not about permissions. It's not about her estate. And it's not about her being living. It's Mm -hmm. I don't think that that is respectful to the iconic character that she made. Someone else wrote it, but goddamn, is Carrie Fisher Leia? And I don't think you respect. Right. I don't think you respect her correctly. Uh, by showing a CGI version of her that doesn't adequately look like her to tie it in. I think just no, a little back and a little you. nod to it would have been more respectful to I, her.
3: I feel the same way about it as I do about the Tarkin, which is like, there, there's a more artful way to do it where it would have looked more natural and it could have been more natural. Um, but that... But that, Lucasfilm. Less, and less their hearts. They wanted they wanted to see if they could make a digital people.
0: Yeah. Less their hearts. I love hearts it. And, to me, the the Vader scene really... Vader scene on makes this movie so much better than me. Because to me, this movie is about the promise of leading right into the beginning of A New Hope. And I think that they do that so well with this. I wish they didn't hang on her as long as they do. I'm with Sage. Even not seeing her face, I think, would have went a long way. I like seeing her in general, her lines about hope and all that. Even the line itself, I don't think bad. I think it's the, her saying hope as if it means something and it's like a quotable line and like the camera lingering on her. Don't like that. But get seeing Vader be actually scary and all that, I think is great because it backs up to me this movie is not about the characters. It is more about the plot. I think it succeeds in that plot. And I think the Vader stuff is super awesome of getting us from the Death Star, the plans of okay, cool. The rebels have the the stuff now. They know what their mission is, and that's where we see a new hope take can off. I, so antithetical to Star experiment. Wars. Can there, I, like that's so. This one's different. Can, it starts wait, different. Can I, I, can can I, 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 I get I that, but like Star outside. Wars is
2: about the characters, and once you start pushing pushing aside your own main characters, like what the fuck are you doing at that point? Like, uh, it's I, it's it's can I do a thought
3: experiment? One thought experiment here. What would we have thought? You know, Vader is introduced midway through the movie. He says, "Man, Krennic, don't make me clean up this mess. You better fucking fix your shit, buddy." Is there a version of this where they were fa- like they were facing Vader on Scarif and he was a little more he was a little more involved with that thing? Is that something that could have been cooler I, I would or-
2: hate that. Yeah, hate I that? don't I don't I don't I wouldn't want Vader to kill them because I think that – I like, he doesn't the, necessarily I like that have the way be... that they die. I just don't think it was yeah. built too well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, and I think the Vader scene could have worked somewhere in a re-edit where it's brought in beforehand. I don't
1: know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Yes.
3: What, about a movie, what about a movie where it's two hours of Darth Vader telling you that he loves you and then he kisses you?
1: In – Yeah, (laughs) But no, I agree. I don't think it should have been Darth Vader on that because I think that a large portion of what the Empire does is have minions, right? And have these like pillars of the Empire that uphold these like terrible genocidal standards for them that are normal freaking people that are not the supervillain. These are just normal people creating terror, right? And I think that that's powerful and it's important. And I think that um, seeing Vader rarely do the dirty work of those things and make those exceptions for Luke, make those exceptions for for Leia, right? Like those exceptions where he gets more involved or make it for Obi-Wan. Or
3: a zip drive that just came from Scarif. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that zip drive is
1: the plans (laughs) to his, his... planet killer so I, that's true that's true but you mean like to, i'm gonna go kill the people that did it no i'm gonna go get that freaking thing because you guys are so incompetent it went this far okay he steps in at the end because they have been so they have failed on so many levels as the empire up to this point but i'm just gonna go kill the kids who are fighting nah that's not really his thing he only wants to kill yeah. his kids
3: <laughs> that's true
0: that's true so overall rogue one everybody rogue one some people Tell like me. it some people don't like it both valid it's Star totally Wars. True. You know what I mean. I enjoy Star Wars it. through yeah. and through. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's
3: not it's not up at the. I wouldn't say that it's up at my top 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 Star Wars things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do enjoy it. I think it's solid. I do think seeing more of these characters and learning more about them uh, would have benefited us. Uh, yes. I would have loved to have seen if there was a three hour cut. I would love to see more characters get these sort of prequel things. I think it's, <sighs> I think it's tough to get Donnie Yen. I think it's real tough to get Donnie Yen, but I'd love to see a Chirrut and Baze series. uh,
2: You know what else I think is uh, tough? Getting Donnie Yen and not utilizing him enough. In my – I I did a whole Star Wars rewatch where I rewatched a bunch of movies, TV shows, comic books. uh, books. And 11 of
3: the 12 movies don't have Donnie Yen.
2: It's 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 severely
3: underused.
2: And I ranked Mm -hmm. everything just for my own personal enjoyment, and Rogue One – is uh it's pretty low it's 20 out of 26 pieces of media of star wars
0: things that i that i went through as a whole so right below in so. terms of enjoyment i think that there's so many some of the most rewatchable scenes in this movie and i think as a movie overall this is one i would rather rewatch over a lot of i have ones. it above rise of skywalker so i'll give it that sage final thoughts on star wars rogue one
1: all Star Wars is fun, so all of my criticism throughout this is to compare it to the level that I love and appreciate Star Wars. I, It's a fun movie. It's an enjoyable movie, and there's a lot to love about it. And people who love it, it's so valid. I love that for you, truly. Um, I'm glad I enjoyed it more this time. I still had fun watching it. Uh, just justice for characters is something that's always going to be important to me, so this movie's never going to be for me because I'll always prefer caring about these people and I think that's what Star Wars is for me for the rebellion for the hope the hope is these people what else are we hoping for we don't care about necessarily the planets we probably should but we don't we care about the people fighting to do what's right in it um so this one lands pretty low for me but Star Wars is still cool
0: fair enough let us know in the comments below what you think of Rogue One where you would rank it in your overall Star Wars rankings and Anything else you want to let me know? What do you have for lunch today? I want to see that. I want to see <laughs> yeah. that comments on this. This Did you have a good lunch?
3: Day. Let me know. Let me know. I've been Sage eating so many high chews.
0: <laughs> oh have to stop chewing it up. What the <laughs> hell, Carboni? Sage, so, where
3: can I people can find you? I got hit by a truck, and so people have been <laughs> sending me things, and somebody
1: sent me a five-pound bag of high chews, and I've just been eating high chews. You can find me showing up at Anthony's apartment, begging him to stop eating high chews twice this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also find me everywhere on the internet at Not Sage. I stream on my channel as well as Twitch.tv/Pixel Circus, where Anthony and I host a show together called "It's Too Early," where we do uh, gaming and pop culture news, and honestly, just two besties shooting the shit. Uh, and there's a bunch of stuff there. We do tabletop, we do D anD D. It's fun. Check it out,
0: Carboni. What about you?
3: Yeah, I'm also there where Sage said, but in addition, I'm at a Carboni everywhere online, except for on Twitch, where I'm at Anthony Carboni Twitch. You cowards, it's mine. Give it back to me and uh, I have a science comedy podcast with Jeff Kanata called We Have Concerns, uh, where there are new episodes every Friday. So listen to that. It's good.
0: Hell yes. Like I said earlier, next week we're going to be doing Werewolf by Night, returning to MCU in review. But until next time, may the Force be with you.